Warning, this program contains strong themes meant for a mature audience. Discretion is advised. Going live in 5, 4. What does live mean? I don't know. Welcome to the Just Conversation Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Thomas. And I'm Christina. And today we have a hell of a show for you guys. Because you know what's coming up? Christmas. Christmas. Yay. Yay. It's going to be phenomenal. And so we got a Christmas flavored episode for you guys today. And we have our good old buddy Dave coming in. Dave the Clone from the Hollow Knight Network is going to come in here and uh, we're going to have some doozies of conversation. I hope you guys enjoy when we get there so you can hear us have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get started, you know, as usual, you guys go and uh, click that subscribe button. If you haven't yet, tell everybody you've ever met in your life about this show. Anybody you like if you you have people in like high school that you haven't spoken to in the last 15 years, you know what? Get in contact with that person. Go through the hard trouble of finding out where they are, how they've been, and then suggest this show to them, whether or not they'd like it, and be like, hey, pass this show on. And they're then, only talking to them to talk about this show? Yeah, they're, they're looking for people they've never contacted in many years after, like, the, tom- the time that that girl you saw that one time in the train, and you fell in love with her in the train, and you saw her across, and she saw you, and you locked eyes. And then she got out of the train and it wasn't your stop, so you didn't get out. But then you kept thinking about it like, man, I should have probably approached her and gotten her number. Now is your chance to find that person. You go and find that beautiful human. You make a connection. There's a, there's a, on Craigslist, there's a thing like that that you could just miss connections or something like that. And then you could go make a post and, hey, I've met this person over here and I would like to find them. Anybody who can help me find them. Are you looking for someone? Yeah. So you're going to find that that chick you missed and didn't manage to end up and have a happy family with 23 years ago. That's weird. You're going to find her with her family or whatever and you're gonna be like hey i'm that guy who saw you that one time on the train like 23 years ago and we fell in love briefly i'm that guy i have this show called the just conversation podcast i want you to listen to that's so crazy and yeah so have them uh click that subscribe button after you hit that subscribe button all these steps happen after you hit subscribe first yeah and that's how this works that's how all these things get started because mm-hmm. that's normal. How are you doing, Christina? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing phenomenal, man. Kind of excited. I'm going to be uh, ch- 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 chatting with Dave. And you know how that goes. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Uh, those rabbit holes. Those rabbit holes. Like, all right. I- I'm-, I'm fair in that I adapt according to whoever's in the room, right? So mm-hmm. whoever it is we're talking to. If it's just me and you, we get very abstract, we get very philosophical, but we get silly a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. When Reaper's over, it's just we're cracking jokes the whole time. Yeah. When Ishmael's here, we're having like a heartfelt moment, you know, sharing our emotions with each other. But then Dave pops up, and we just fall down some giant holes of conspiracies and paranoia and how the the man is coming for us and the man this time is santa and the man this time is santa oh my god i mean come on let's be real it's a structure it's a structure like everything else yeah and it's a money grab like everything else Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's it's the american way it's the american way it's the american way important thing yeah 
I mean, we celebrate Christmas to get gifts. And um, there's no T in that word. That's how that's how intense it is. It's G-I-F-S. Gifts? No, gifts. We celebrate Christmas for gifts. Gifts. For gifts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what Christmas is about. Christmas is about gifts. All the gifts. What's your favorite gift? My favorite gifts. Yeah. My favorite gifts is moths. Moths. Moths gifts. Moths. Yeah, that's my favorite gifts. What's Just your favorite gifts? Probably something involving a cat. Probably something, something involving a cat. Mm-hmm. Like, look, they want us to buy. They want us to shop. And then we 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 go ahead and buy the iPhone ten thousand for eight million dollars. Meanwhile, the billionaires bought some crappy junk phone that just connects them to the next. They're not even on the internet. The internet is a trap designed by the system to hold us glued to our computers so that they can broadcast waves and brainwash us. None of that is paranoid. That's crazy. That's not but crazy. I don't think people are buying iPhones as much as before. I think they're having a problem now. Oh, I mean, once you lose the head of the snake, it's just a slow squirm towards stillness. So, I mean, you can always chop the head off of the chicken, but it doesn't die immediately. It does die, but it's, like, still running around. Right now, yeah, we're seeing the the dead end flops of this. There was one man leading it, and he got fired, and then that company was in trouble, and then they rehired that guy, and that man fired all those people. And then that guy died. And now they're right back where they started. Yep. Yep. So Unless they fu- just no what. somehow come up with something. Like, how are they're they not making another Steve Jobs. <laughs> it ain't happening. It's over. It's over. They gotta hire Nintendo. They gotta hire Nintendo to save them. That's real. That's real, though. If anybody. Yes. If anybody. so weird. Like, they can do something. <laughs> yeah. Nintendo would turn the, the iPhone into the best gaming console ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You wanna you wanna talk to your family on high tech technology, flawless technology, never the nevertheless, mm-hmm. like spotless codes and what, not a single glitch in sight, just clean, clean mainframes, clean software, mad memory. Play, but you know Nintendo how they do. They're gonna shoot that memory way the fuck down. You play one game and you got a side game, bro. That's how you get. That's really upsetting. We could give you all the memory in the world, but then you're going to buy a bunch of games and not play them. We want you to play our game. So whatever you have is all you have. In. It's like, Aww. whoa, whoa. But what if I want What if I want well, Breath of Wild gonna... and Smash Brothers, man? And they're like, no, either Breath of Wild or Smash Brothers, man. But nah, Smash Brothers is probably going to be small. All jokes aside, Smash Brothers is probably going to be a small file because they want that to be the second game. They want mm-hmm. everybody to have that and whatever their favorite game is. They probably still have to delete that breath of fire i mean it's huge and with whatever dlc came out for that yeah bro does nintendo do dlc i don't even know i think they did for that game at least really yeah slowly coming to the new age they got that weird oh the bike bike. oh yeah Yeah. that's how they did it Mm -hmm. that's how they be doing all this stuff you know yeah but that's crazy it's all crazy it's all it really is you want to hear something crazy what about spiders what <laughs> the black little spiders um the the they're scientists that don't know why this happens but male spiders like the older female spiders over the younger ones which makes no sense to us because the older ones kill the men yeah you know after they have sex they kill them yeah to protect the babies yeah and the younger ones don't do that <laughs> Yeah, like they could have sex with the young ones and they don't die, oh. but they would rather 
go for the older so so black widow males are cougar hunters yes they don't know why they're cougar hunters but yes they would rather sacrifice their life for that older lady look than that younger one look look the mentality goes as follows look that that girl that girl's mad young and i can tap that but I don't want my heart getting involved, and then she's got to blow up, but and a million babies also- are going to crawl out of her. Oh, that's why. So well, because she is more for- fertile as a younger one. Hundred percent. So then it follows with the logic that if my babe is going to go, I'm going to go with her. What? And then it's like, yeah, I'm going to bang a cougar, but she ain't dying alone. Who? The male. The male's going to die banging the cougar, but the cougar's going to die giving birth. Oh. That's some weird revenge thing. But why? why I don't know. Do I don't know. I'm just I'm spitballing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a, like a like a like a like That's, a spider whisper. Maybe you are. Maybe I am. Maybe I figured it out. Yes. Why won't you tell the scientists? The scientists don't care. They think they figured it out already. No, they don't. They're like, there's they're no god, and I'm like, spiders of- prove there's something higher than us. What? Yeah. It's like the spider's based on something perfect and we're related to whatever that thing is. Ooh, that's weird. There's a perfect thing that both us and spiders are sort of versions of. We're all worms. Worms too. There's a perfect something that we're all sort of an off reflection of. Yeah, it's a worm though, I think. Los gusanitos. (laughs) It's a little worm, bro. Yeah. So if you like watching spider porn, is that what it is when you watch? If it's for science, it's not porn then, right? Um, okay, okay, let's really, let's really assert this. Let's really, let's assume you're right and then build a scenario around it and say there are, there's just a guy and a girl and they're fucking and a bunch of people come with pads and pens and they surround them. Are they technically watching porn? Are they? Are they? I don't know. Or is it just porn if it's recorded and then well, it's porn? No, because you can have pornographic photographs. Hmm. I guess pornography is media. So if you're there present, it's not. But what if you record a video of two people having sex and then you watch? I guess it's pornographic. You're studying pornography. Okay. It's still porn. It's still porn. So you're still watching porn. Yeah, you're still watching porn, but you're studying it. It's just the purpose of you isn't a jizz. I mean, you, you'll remember what you saw. Fair <laughs> enough. You'll get home eventually. You'll remember what you saw. So even if in the moment you can't, you're going to go home and be like, wow, that's going to be a fun night. Yeah. You know, uh, you get home still, especially if you're some loner scientist, goes home to a crappy, failing, shitty apartment because NASA doesn't f- get enough funding and you're over here spider studying to go land on, on uh, Jupiter or whatever the fuck we're doing what? these days. So you're uh-huh. like, how am I going to make a, a spaceship out of these spiders? I got to watch <laughs> a mate to understand and make a, a useful spaceship to land on Jupiter. And so you go ahead and you, you put on the spider porn. You're technically watching porn and you, you, I guess not spider in this case, humans. I need, I need to study a guy fucking a chick. And then I got to make a spaceship based on it. That's going to take us to Jupiter. It's the only way. So you watch the porn with a bunch of other professionals, professionally in a room. You know, if you feel anything, you're professional. You guys understand this is for, for science. Anybody gets a hard on, suck it up, bro. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be awkward. But then you get home and you rip your dick off beating it to that and then think because you're watching the porn there's probably female scientists in there and workplaces are nasty all the dudes are just like oh i'm gonna fuck her in my head later but you're watching porn and she's present watching it with you 
now you got a weird merge. You go home, you're replacing both of the people in the porn with you and that coworker you're fucking in your head anyways. And now we've entered that hashtag me too area. Ooh, is he a bastard for it? Because he he technically fucked her against her will. In his head, though. (laughs) In her, his... In his head. (laughs) But is that her? Because it's her in his head. I don't think it's her. Who says? She because that fiction on her though is probably enjoying it, right? Okay, so okay, 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 okay. Then let's ask <laughs> one real question before we go into this clip. What? Not in clip. I say clip like it's not a fucking long ass conversation. This this tiny clip we're gonna play you guys is like three hours long, so you know. But mm-hmm. what I am trying to say is that what if? What was I trying to say? What was I saying beforehand? What was the- I saying? Is it a Me Too problem that he's having sex with oh, her Oh, if head? he is having sex with her in his head. Let's say, like, she dies, right? And he never knows. Okay. He, what he has in his head is his essence of her, his memories of her, whatever. Yeah. We know she's not her body because he doesn't know when she's dead and he still has this image of her. So the perfect image of her is whatever image of her he has at any given moment. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this got these... <sighs> this knife just got a little too sharp. Let's start cutting. Does that mean every time he he thinks of he's making her do it? Because the only version of her that he has is the essence in his head. Even if the physical 3D version of her isn't doing it, she could have died and whatever's happening in his head is still what's happening. So are we responsible for the person that we have in our head? Should he be asking her permission to make the hurt in his head? do what he wants it's in his head but it's her that's still no i don't think so (laughs) but then we can censor words and what does that mean if i i guess because look oh say zed i still mean he she like you get my point like who the fuck cares if i'll say zed whatever if it makes you feel good but that's out you're talking about something that's in man we're safe inside, at least. But we punish <laughs> intention. We don't know what the fuck somebody's intention is. I'm like, oh, the jury said this. It's like, you gotta blame somebody. We're punishing people based on what we think. We don't know what happened in their head. Again, the only person who knows whether it happened that way or why they did it, or if, even if they know they, why they did it, is the person on trial. Yeah. Everybody else is making assumptions. They're punishing something internal. Oh, it was a, it was a crime of passion. I wasn't even there. But he has all the motive. I wasn't even there. It all adds up to him wanting to do it. But I didn't do it. But they're now forcing you. They're they're punishing you for something that didn't even happen. And your head knows the opposite. So you're being punished for what they think is in your head. So they're punishing things in head. I guess. Then that should apply in this case. And you should theoretically also put this guy in jail for rape. But that didn't happen outside. At least the case that they're in, he's in jury, that's something that really Fair happened. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I'm going to do this thing and hurt somebody. You probably will get in trouble for saying yes, that. Yes. But why? If it's in your head. But it's not because you said it verbally. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. You haven't done it. Hmm. You haven't done anything. It's in your head. I don't know. Those it's are words. It's not in your head anymore. <laughs> Because you can say, oh, I'm going to fuck you. And then you go home and jerk off to that person. After you say that. Yeah, I'm going to fuck you. And then you go home and you (laughs) jerk off to that person. Then what? I guess you can say that. Do you see? Because he went and he raped her in his head. No. What if if the thoughts you have are exactly rape? Like, I'm going to rape you. And then you go and rape her in her head. 
You get my you point. Just keep that to yourself. I don't know if you say it out loud, it becomes a problem. If you're telling her I'm gonna rape you in my head, that's probably something you keep to yourself. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> but if he were to say it, then it's a problem. But why? If he hasn't done anything, because what if he says it and he doesn't even plan on doing it? It's inappropriate. Based on what? Uh, Words? I don't like the sound yes. his mouth makes. Yes, you could be in trouble for anything outside. In your outside space. His sounds are no scary. Personal His space. Sound sc- Except for inside. That's Except your only personal space. That's ridiculous. Anywho, guys. Anywho. Somehow this relates to Christmas. You know. Ho, ho, ho. Rape and Christmas. Rape and Christmas. That's how we do it, guys. Rape um, and Christmas. Satan shows up. Oh, yeah. Satan shows up a lot. Yeah. Anyways. So, yeah. Like I said before, we're on this episode. We're going to have uh, our homie come back. Ooh, Dave, he's been stopping by a couple of times, you know, having those nice, lovely conversations with us where we dive in and our brains explode by the end of the episode. We're doing that yep. again. Yay. Yes. So, uh, and get ready to listen to the Just Conversation podcast, this time featuring Dave from the Hollow Nine Network. Go over there and subscribe to his things, people. Hit the subscribe button for this show on iTunes or wherever you're listening to it. And I hope you enjoy this show. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I hate to sound like this has been the year of being cynical and jaded, but... Um, I remember somebody posted something on Facebook, like, because, uh, you know, how stores were putting all the Christmas shit out almost before Halloween had even happened. Yeah. And, uh, I forget, like, how we got around and talking about, you know, we don't even buy stuff for people anymore. Uh, you know, my family, we have, uh, both of my sisters have two, two kids each, so it's like everybody buys stuff for the kids, and then all the brother-in-laws like we there's three of us so we take turns every year like one year i buy for the one he buys for the other and the other buys for me and then we just swap the order and then my sisters just buy for each other i think we all get my parents something uh or i think we did pirate santa last year where like everybody just bought a bunch of gifts and then there was like a do you guys ever do any of those freaking weird games where it's like Everybody pulls a number out of a hat and there's a table with all the presents on it. And then whoever has the number one gets to take a present. Ooh, that's meant cool. And then whoever Mm -hmm. number two can either go to the table or take the present that number one took. And then number one has to go back up and choose something different. And the same thing can happen again when number three goes. It becomes like a, it's a, I guess it's supposed to be fun, but in my mind, I'm like, oh, we're creating conflict for Christmas. That's what we're doing. (laughs) Um, Uh, I've never heard of that before. (laughs) <laughs> that's actually really cool uh we actually my um at my day job when we have our like you know departmental private uh holiday celebration uh one of the people kind of brought that idea in as uh something that their family did every year at christmas so uh it kind of i guess sounded like a great idea there was one year i didn't participate out of protest because i was just like this is bullshit you guys are fucking crazy yeah like if anything you should just let us go home early you know or or buy, take us out to dinner 
Um, well, they usually take us out to lunch, so I guess I should stop complaining about that. But anyway, it just felt to me like this is defeating the whole idea of isn't the holidays when everyone's supposed to be nice to each other because it, you know, the old lie that if you're not, you won't get the presents, like the old yeah. surveillance lie that we still live under. Isn't that some so, shitty motivation? Is that what ruins us as children? We're like good people get stuff. And we're like, the more stuff we have, the better people we are. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the whole idea behind Christmas? Yeah, and you're being watched the whole time. Good people get stuff, and you're being watched, so we know. That's the whole lesson. Yeah, if, you're, if you're bad, you're supposed to get coal, or, you know, I mean, this is, you know. Metaphor for punishment, from, yeah. From the, ca- you know, more capitalist celebrating of Christmas, we definitely didn't, like, I didn't go to church or anything. I, I grew up agnostic, and now I'm. Sort of, most of the time I'm atheist, but I'm sort of one of those annoying atheists, but kind of obviously believes that something must have created us. So, but I wouldn't say that I think it's like watching me so that Santa can bring presents at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, like, that's just ridiculous, <laughs> you know. But um, when you look back now with some of the sort of conspiracy theories that are out there and you start to see how so much of what we grew up in, like the era that we grew up in, was sort of like programming beyond what we thought it was you know like that that idea like all right you're being watched and if you are good you'll be rewarded from very early on yeah yeah super early on even the school system pushes that same concept you just yeah 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 if you're good you're rewarded if you're bad there's punishment you get stuff for being good the good students get stuff being good involves repeating back what they want you to like memorize Do what they tell it's, you, and you are being good. And now I, I feel like it didn't feel that sinister when we were going through it. I don't know. I mean, everybody. We were again, naive and young. Yeah. <laughs> That's all so it was. Naive and young. So naive and young that you went through an indoctrination camp that was prepping you for being part of the new world order. Yeah. We're brainwashed into some sort of system right now, and we're taking part in it, and in some cases, in ways that we don't even know. Like, if we decided to protest everything we think they have us doing right now, we wouldn't even find all the things. We'd still be serving them in some way. That's how complicated <laughs> it is. Well, they, and I think they, they do what they do knowing that there will be protests. You know, like, the protest is part of the plan. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well. That's crazy. The protest is part of the plan. Damn, because they'd control every part of it. They already know every part of it. That's the whole point. <laughs> Everything considered. Like in New York, when they have these big protests, like they had everybody out in the streets, which I didn't even, to be honest, I, I was, I worked through that. I, I, I didn't even know what was going on. But then when I walked back to the Port Authority to take the bus home, there were these giant, like, cement um, things that they put out whenever there's going to be a lot of street activity so that no one can drive their cars up onto the sidewalk you know these big sort of cement barriers but they put them like at intervals so people have to walk around the big you know only through the gaps that they leave to go across the street and shit and i'm like you know it's like they have these things ready to go you know what i mean like there's so much that just says like yeah, how did we not see sooner that this is all part of a big fucking game? Right. You know, like it's... all the, they have all the shit. Like there was a machine designed to make these fucking things. <laughs> you know what I mean? They knew they were going to do this someday. They knew every inch of this. Yeah, they and did, that... man. But uh, then let let's let's take in. Let's assume. Let's assume that for a fact this is happening. Right? It is happening. It's a total case. They control every little aspect. Period. Everything that's in this program is made up one way or another. 
then what the fuck is the purpose of Christmas? What is it ultimately serving if they have us paying a bunch of other shit? This doesn't even directly go to them. This goes to filter through through the businesses people think they own. You know, so what is the real oh, purpose of Christmas of the- in the first place? Is it so it's complicated we couldn't understand it? It's got to be part of the control. Part like, of the control? All we do is talk about how fucked up the economy is, but everybody still spends money they don't have at Christmas. You know what I mean? Or the holidays or whatever. Yes. However you want to put it. No matter what, we come uh, uh, to this weird cur- – because it's not just Christmas. There's a bunch of other holidays in which we're trapped in the same fucking thing that for whatever reason yeah. people feel is necessary to pay – again, the economy could be as fucked up as it is and still this thing. And we use tradition to say, but we're not traditional about shit. Everybody does it differently. Sometimes you just go somewhere else and celebrate it somebody else's way. There's no tradition behind it. It's just a weird – we sort of literally on Christmas, we kind of worship materialism. Literally, we're worshiping materialism. That's the whole part of it. We'll do it unhappily. We're worshiping it's materialism. The annual, the annual capitalism anniversary party. Yeah. Where we all, you know, where we all put ourselves further into debt so that every year our family knows we still love each other. <laughs> or that we still, that we'll still go as far as to buy them something. Oh, true, right? Because it's supposed to be the thought that counts. Yes. And not the gift itself. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I read there was one of those articles, one of those clickbait articles that I still read every once in a while. Um, and it was one of those, uh, you know, 18 times that uh, the thought wasn't enough. And then in parentheses, like worst gifts ever. And I had it open for a whole week. Uh, it's just one of the def- m- multiple chrome windows i have open on my phone all the time which yeah. probably is stupid as hell of me and uh, i just didn't get around to reading it but i just try- kept trying to think to myself have i gotten anything that i would say really left that bad a taste in my mouth where i was like what the flying fuck is this you know and i, I can't think of anything off the top of my head but then sometimes you read those articles and you're like wow people have really fucked up ideas about what gifts are appropriate and, you know i yeah. don't know it's a fun time of year, though, still, for sure. Yeah, I feel this is a particularly dark time of year. I feel like that's when a lot of people suddenly realize they're depressed because they don't have the money to do the thing that they feel obligated to do. Otherwise, I don't know. They feel like outcast of a system or something. So that they all, they will oh. literally get the press about not being able to, like, buy a present. <laughs> I have no one waste my money. Uh, or not waste, but spend more money than I should or live. Be on my means. I don't know how you want to put it. Fall into the trap <laughs> of feeling yeah. like uh, this is when I show how much I love you through the most materialist means possible. It's fucking wow. crazy. It's so lame. It's so lame. It's no reason. Everyone just for well, my family. We just tell each other, "Hey, this is what I want. Give me this." There's there was it was just no literal ma- no love about it. Just it's materialism just, straight across. Yes. Hey, what do you want? Okay, that's it. Okay. I mean, for us, it was like, have you been good all year? Yeah. Okay, here you go. And it's like, all right, well, like you brought the thing and it was wrapped. If I said no, what were you going to take it, put it back in the car? <laughs> it was, I knew every year it was like a big, you know, I'm Italian. So we had, we would always have big family get together for the holidays. So I knew like people would come over that I don't see often. And then there would be other people that I'd see kind of more often than others. But Still, this would be just a big special party where everyone was more dressed up than usual. But yeah, ultimately, we got presents. Like my sisters and I, we we got presents, you know? Yeah, that was the whole point. That's all you waited for. More stuff. I'm going to get more stuff. Think about brainwashing. I want more stuff. 
We're going to get all the stuff. You know what, what's even crazier, it wasn't until probably, I don't know, maybe like my senior year of high school, I started to think this a little bit. And then definitely more and more through college. And now it's just like, well, whatever. But I was like, you know, it's Christmas. And this is just I, I because this is what we celebrated. I'm sure everybody has, you know, their Hanukkah versions of all these things. But, you know, I, it's tied to some religious thing or some like sentiment where you're supposed to be kind of like thinking about the year, thinking about life, being with family. And it's supposed to be kind of like, you know, warm and cozy and positive. And like I'm getting video games like mortal Kombat for christmas yeah so here it is during this like peace happy joy time and i'm like doing every fatality and putting in the dullard code so i can turn the blood on you know and it's just one of those things where like you, you start looking at things uh from a step back from the kaiser soze reveal you know stepping back and seeing the whole board and you're like wow there's been a lot of conflicting messages about this control system for a long time and we've just ignored them you know until now until i'm like almost 40 all of a sudden i'm like wow that was really warped man i would be murdering people on christmas day yeah <laughs> casually casual murder there was an innocence behind your murdering of many many and nobody acknowledges anything. They're just like, you know, that's him and his game. It's just included yeah. in life. Or we would get movies. Like, we would always get movies. Like, back in the day, it was VHS, and then it was DVDs, and then it was Blu-rays. But, you know, it's like, oh, we're watching Nightmare on Elm Street because the box set came out for Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, all right, we're watching fucking straight-up gore on Christmas. Yep. Like, it's supposed to be, like, uh, the atonement time in my mind or, or something. And it just started to really done on me like in the last couple of years like oh my god nothing has ever mattered it's all been such a lie i got a question is N nightmare on elm street that's the one with freddy right mm -hmm. yeah. if there is in a year like three friday the 13th did they record three friday the 13th movies of this guy how does it, how do they distribute that because i know it comes out on the day it comes out on like friday the 13th but some years have like four or five of the same movie? Of Friday the 13th. <laughs> you know, Friday the 13th was the competing franchise. That's Jason. Oh, I got you. Okay, so Friday the 13th with Jason. That one. Yeah. That comes out on the day. So then, has there been like three or four in one shot? In like a year? Uh, not No, usually it's just like other movies. They take a year or two, or at least back in the day. Like in the 80s, it used to be a couple years between fucking movies. You know what I mean? Uh, Star Wars, I remember, I remember the video had come out on VHS of Empire Strikes Back before there was even a release date for Return of the Jedi in the theaters. You know what I mean? I remember every time I would watch the tape at home being so furious that it were just left here with Luke getting his hand cut off and having a robot hand and watching as they go and take, like have to figure out what's going to happen to Han because he got frozen and taken away. And, uh, I remember just feeling like it took forever for that to come out. And these days it's sort of like, as you're seeing the first one in the theater, there's a trailer to let you know two has already started production and will be out in like six months. You know what I mean? And um, I don't know. It's for just, our money. It wasn't like that when the, when that franchise started. So it wasn't like they would have to put out one for every Friday the 13th that year. Um, like I remember, I think eight came out. Like they just make sure that when it is going to come out, they try to release them on a Friday the 13th. But okay. there are definitely 
Okay, well, okay, that like, makes a lot more sense because if it's like that they're releasing one every Friday the thirteenth, like no that could be way. a nightmare if two stack up back to back like two months in a row. It's like you got two Friday well, the thirteenth movies ready. There's ten in the original like string of the franchise. And then there's the crossover Freddy vs. Jason, so that which technically in chronology would have to come before Jason X or which Jason was in Space. G- yeah, Jason in Space. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, what's his name? There was like this period of time where Michael Bay was producing all these like reboot remakes of horror movies. And he did, uh, Friday the 13th was the first one he did. And he combined the original two or or, and part of three into that movie. And uh, then he also rebooted uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, but the guy who played Freddy was the guy who played Rorschach in The Watchmen, and it just it didn't work. <laughs> and uh, that got canceled like that. Are the Friday, are the uh, Freddy versus, not the Freddy versus Jason movies, are the, what was the Freddy versus Jason movies? There was only one. There was only one Freddy versus Jason. But at the end of Jason Goes to Hell, which I guess was Jason what 9, fuck? his mask is lying on the ground <laughs> and the Freddy glove comes up out of the ground and starts laughing and pulls it down into the ground. And that's how it, then it cuts to credits. So Freddy Goes to were, Hell? I mean, not Freddy. Jason, oh, Jason, Jason Goes, goes to, to Hell? <laughs> yeah. So there's... Uh, what the on. hell is that? Should, that was the ninth. He actually goes to hell movie. like he's hacking slashing fucking... Oh, no, no. It was just like I think they kill him in this one. Like, like this is supposed to be it. This is the final death. Yeah. Because at the end, Freddy's glove comes up and pulls the mask underground. But they had even called. I think like part three is like the final chapter. You know, like they back then they never knew what the fuck they were doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were like, oh, we don't know. Like uh, studios are only like green green lighting one movie at a time. So you know, we're doing. We were lucky to get three. We were lucky to get three, so we're just going to call third one uh, the final chapter. <laughs> it's like, then they did five more, you know? Let's see. Oh. Friday 13th film list. Wikipedia. What's the order here? Michael going to meet one of them? When is Michael, which foot? Going to meet Freddy or Jason or whatever. Oh. In the Has there ever been a crossover for one of those? What? Mike Myers? With Halloween? Yeah. Not that, uh, not that I know I'm aware of. Well, is, yeah. He's a ghost or just a crazy guy? Michael uh-huh. Myers is just a person who, for some reason, is unkillable. They've never really explained. Like, they've tried to explain. Has he been um, shot? Oh, in the first movie, he's shot like three or four times, hands on his back on the front lawn, and everybody looks down from the balcony and they're like, oh shit, we gotta go down there and get his body. And by the time they get downstairs, there's he's just gone. the imprint of his body left in the lawn and he's gone. What the fuck? And they did, they've never explained that. Well, I mean, they have, but in, in, not in any real, like, there, like, they, are, so part of it was that there was, like, a Celtic kind of, somehow the Celtic religion was involved, and it was sort of like a cult that had, I don't know, it's kind of like you have to watch, like, the fourth, fifth, and sixth ones to get the full oh. explanation of the cult and how it all works out, but... I, I, and that somehow had to happen to him while he was in prison because he murders his sister, his oldest sister, because uh, what's her name? Lori, played by um, fuck Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, is also his sister, but he didn't get to kill her, you know, and he was like 
four or five. He just like on Halloween night just got a knife from the kitchen and stabbed his sister to death. And the parents came home and found him with the knife still in his hand. And he had like no emotion. Uh, and so it's supposed to be kind of like a personification of evil kind of thing. Yeah. But this new one that just came out, the one that Danny, uh, that Danny McBride wrote, it's as if there were no other movies after the first Halloween movie. It's like Halloween two. <laughs> so it's like a reboot alternate timeline to the initial franchise. He's what? basically the omen with a mask on. But I don't know unless in that new movie they explain how he got to be unkillable. I, that's the big sort of, you know, kind of complaint with that franchise is, is like, all right, well, you know, still, how does this cult and them like believing in all the shit that they believe in? How does that make this guy still like they chopped his head off? They set him on fire. One of the ways you're supposed to be able to kill that guy, even if the cult has like somehow imbued him with powers is through fire. So why is he still alive? Why does he want to kill his sister? You know, it's kind of one of those things where it's scarier because he's a kid who just snapped. But at the same time, yeah, they shot him and he's fallen out of the fucking balcony. Like, you need to explain that. Or not. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, don't. That's, maybe he's supernatural in a way. Maybe it is some sort of like, because if uh, let's, let's assume that the original storyline is correct and they did some sort of ritual and uh, that ritual uh, may, gave him abilities or whatever the fuck, right? There's some sort of satanic ritual, something to give him right. uh, some kind of pagan thing. And that, that would explain why he's just killing people because usually that requires blood to contain its potency, right? Yeah. He, he could be fu sort of fueling the yeah. whatever is going on with him. It's like a it's like a vampire. He's sort of a, a murdery, yeah. stabby <laughs> vampire. If I don't keep getting blood, I'll fucking die. But why just his sisters? He only kills sisters. No, he's trying. That's his goal. Is his sister? Oh, he's trying to get every movie. Yeah. Is his sister running away? Yes. Oh, well, there was a movie where he yeah. killed people at a party, but I'm like, obsessed with. There was a movie where he went to just off a bunch of fucking kids. Yeah, they were in a party. I think, in, I guess maybe his original house and they put cameras everywhere and it was like, oh, this is going to be a spooky <laughs> sleepover. That's and... Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> what okay. the fuck? And he just popped up? Yeah. It was really him. Well, he, uh -huh. he went home. Like he, in the beginning of that movie, he does kill, he kills Jamie Lee Curtis in the beginning of that movie. Okay. Like, she's, she dies. That's the first thing that happens in that movie is she dies. But after he kills her, then he just decides to go home. But, but when he gets there, their house is condemned. And uh, so he's kind of, like, squatting there. And Busta Rhymes runs this entertainment company. And this is, like, at the time it came out, it was on the verge of the internet having, like, video Like, it was... 2006 maybe somewhere in there 2001 well, no, this had to be closer like 2002 2003 and so he was trying to kind of pioneer the idea of delivering entertainment over the internet by being able to like throw these like choose your own adventure parties kind of where people could watch and like interact with the people who are on site living in the heart and so the first thing where they were going to be doing was like the people who stay in the house of Michael Myers the longest will get the prize money at the end of the night. But, you know, he didn't know that actual Michael Myers was squatting there. So, of course, Michael Myers just starts fucking killing everybody. And uh, he 
also has a costume of Michael Myers because he was planning on having Michael Myers jump out at them. Like he had all kinds of like gimmicks built up that he didn't tell everybody about. So it's like, you know, you have at one point the the mistaken identity, like someone's yelling at actual Michael Myers because they think it's the other guy who's dressed dressed like Michael Myers. Does he eat? So there's some comic relief in there too. Does he eat? Do they ever show him like having a meal? Uh, I don't think he does anything. <laughs> and he doesn't. He doesn't run. He just walks too. Mm. Like, no but he's always behind you. Yeah, and or he'll pop up somewhere where he shouldn't have been able to get to without teleporting. Maybe he was a normal kid, and the ritual sent like the fucking spirit of the devil into him or some <laughs> shit. Well, that's like his psychiatrist's famous thing is like he is personified evil. He has lifeless, dead eyes. There's no soul behind them. Whoa. Man, I gotta start seeing these corny slasher They're films. They're just too corny, though. I <laughs> know, but we gotta get oh, over yeah. it and just start enjoying <laughs> horrible things. Well, they're also like a snapshot of the past. You know what I mean? Like when you watch them, you go, holy fuck. Can you believe there was a period of time where people were watching this going like, oh, my God, this this is my friends. This is real. This is happening right now. Like this is contemporary to me. You know, I watched it for the first time, I think, in like sixth or seventh grade. Even by then, I was kind of like at the age where you start like automatically laughing at things that are scary just so that you're not scared of them. Especially if you're watching it with a group of people who also claim to not be scared of them, but yeah. really it might be fucking with your head underneath it all, you know? Oh man, I was always too honest. I would just say some shit scared me. Well, did you like? When did you start? What like did you always like scary shit? Or because I know no, I definitely used to like scary shit way the fuck when I was younger, and then somewhere in my teens, I just got over it, and then it's just always been whack. Like that's funny. I didn't get into it until my teens. (laughs) Whoa. when I was growing up, my like nightmares were too vivid, and my parents were always like, "No, you can't watch these movies because you know you'll have nightmares." And then I would go to school, and it's like you know first grade, and everybody I know had watched all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets that had been released up until that point. And I think there were like five of them at that point, you know. And you're just like, "Holy shit!" So felt like I was kind of on the outside of the club, and whenever that would happen. Wow. No, I, I totally... You didn't get numb to it. That's probably what happened. Because I consumed it much younger, I adjusted too quickly. It was just something natural and something that quickly got boring because it was part of my childhood. So coming out of it, I stopped caring about it because it's the childhood. In your case, you were introduced without having experienced it. So you get yeah. to sort of explore it as it was meant to be explored. My crappy upbringing led to horror movies being garbage and like where my high school was i would walk home and i was like a couple miles away i don't know a mile and a half two miles something like that but i would always have to walk through downtown to get to where we lived and there were two video stores that we had accounts at so like when i watched the first nightmare on elm street on like channel 11 during that you know shocktober that october halloween season when they were just showing horror movies all the time and it was the edited version it was like okay well first of all that wasn't so bad you know after hearing about how scary this thing was going to be i was surprised at how easy it was to watch so then that next day i went and i rented it and after i watched that for two days then i would 
go back to the video store and the next time I was in school. And so for like a week, I would stop at the video store every other day and be like swapping out. Like after I watched two, I'd watch three and I would just catch up on the whole series. And I was doing that with a couple series is over and over and over again. So anything that I felt like I was on the outside of the club on previously, I felt like I was secretly trying to catch up so that now, no matter what, if I wound up in conversations in the cafeteria, I would definitely be able to not have to like, I think this probably goes like hand in hand with the not wanting to interview somebody about something i'm not familiar with you know like i'm not going to try to fake it in a conversation with somebody who knows whether or not you know i know it's like i just need to be on my game and only ask them about shit that i'm familiar with yes but see you've brought up some interesting points and specifically this last one which is conversation good conversation is a sort of dance it's a way of trying that two good dancers aren't just perfectly flowing they're sort of almost in a power struggle when they just flow, the dance looks good. But when they are in a sort of power struggle, you get emotion from what's happening because they're producing real emotion. There's an intensity to what they are doing. And conversation mm. works the same way, where you want the conversation to be entertaining and you always got to sort of try to lead it somewhere that you can most easily flow. But the other person has to do the same thing. And the proper dance is catching that sort of middle ground wave that allows you to have some kind of fluid conversation that is about mm. both of the things that both parties know how to do yeah non-awkward transitions yes oh man life is about that because <laughs> you know that could be like the end of a of a, of a business interview you know that could totally yeah. ruin a business interview you not having oh good my God, transitions yeah. Yeah, not being able to and not being able to relate, you know, if they're asking a question and you have even if it's something you're not familiar with, but you can't even come close to being able to answer still in, in some way, you know, like find a way to relate to it. Yeah, find a way to twist it in your favor, even if they know that's what you're doing. If it comes off curious, because it's not just knowing how to do it as a skill, but knowing how to do it and making it look right so that right, it comes right. off either charismatic or playful, depending on the situation. And also that you know how to think on your feet. Yes, that you're quick. That you can quickly combat. Because there's a lot of life happens that's unplanned. Yes. That's what. That's sort of where awkwardness exists, isn't it? The lack of, uh, <laughs> of planning. Well, the lack of preparedness for moments where planning would have been nice. <laughs> I, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, preparedness. You're totally right. Which is a collection of information. Life should be about collecting enough information so that you can defend yourself in pretty much any scenario that arrives. That's the ultimate goal, right? Some kind of, even if you choose to be somewhere specific, to have a rounded out enough sort of idea of the thing that whatever you take out of it could be applied to life and sort of improve your life in a collective kind of way. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah, I, I you know, and I feel like in some ways <laughs> it's why sometimes you're like, I'm not sure how to decide if I'm at the right or like if there is such a thing as a progress meter for that. You know what I mean? Because every generation has advantages the generation before it didn't have. Yep. So therefore, there's like someone who can get a lot further in half the time than I am. And then sometimes I'm like. You know, in some situations, I'm like, wow, I was I felt pretty good about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I didn't feel like I was really caught off guard. And um, like remembering the times where I did feel unprepared and it's sort of like, you know, realizing what it took to get through that feeling comfortable now. 
it was unfair to me of me to be so hard on myself then because basically experience is the key to everything yeah. you know and once you've had a lot of experience that's what how you become prepared for the unexpected but you know what that feeling that you just described is also uh a skill you acquire sometimes no matter how prepared you are you're underprepared for the situation like you could have done everything in the world and still be underprepared and the ability to know how to handle being underprepared is just as an important a tool as being prepared that's a weird sort of spot to exist in just uh, on sort of emotional (laughs) level to be okay with yeah i couldn't accomplish this one yeah yeah, well or just having like (laughs) Having a lot of mental RAM just like sitting aside to be used when all of a sudden problems arise that you're just like, okay, instead of panicking, let's just borrow some of this open memory over here. Let's operate in some extra space that we've got going on and let's not lose our cool. Let's like stay on track here and be okay. Yeah. Um, Having uh, sort of that's the discipline of it. Having to discipline yourself into continuing and shoveling through something that might feel like failure. What? That's so difficult. Or turn something that should have been failure into like a moment of shining and being a hero. Ooh, that's nice. Like when you're like totally like, oh, the ship's about to sink. You're like, no, it's not. Even though you're not really sure what you're going to do right now is going to work. But you're like, fuck it, it should. And you're like, you know, flip a switch and you turn the wheel and all of a sudden the ship writes itself and everyone's like, holy fuck. And you're like, well, what did you really think was going to happen? Someone wasn't going to figure it out or that we were all going to literally get fired tomorrow because of this. You know what I mean? Like for some reason, my mind always goes into that. Like what's easier for the Matrix to handle right now? The smoothness of what should have been in the code? Yeah, let's just fucking make Make sure we fix the code. All right. God damn it, guys. It's not panic for fuck's sake, please. That's when shit goes wrong. But the code will forever be broken. There's no fixing the code. Sure, you, you, as long as the fucking fucked up part is nowhere near me or any of the stuff that I'm dealing with, you know, if I can push that out to the other parts of the world and let one of the other anomalies deal with it, fine. Listen, okay. Okay, 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 okay. A previous thought was that <laughs> Zeus and Jehovah, right? These two guys were brothers. Can we say that there's a, a level below these guys and that they, that ability to, to sort of control the code in this case is sort of a Santa Claus? Does that make <laughs> sense? That there's a demigod, but there's a demi-demigod? Like a demi to the demis that has less ability, but he's more like a... Like a fit, like there's maybe there's more than one Santa Claus. <laughs> more than one santa claus. more than one santa claus in, in 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 this case we're just saying santa claus in place of somebody who can alter the code somebody who has the ability to maybe turn themselves into pure magic and squeeze down a chimney although you're an obese fat guy you know uh. weird things like that flying on reindeer is that a power and is that power just somebody hacking the matrix What's happening oh, there? Wow. <laughs> huh. Well, I always found the uh, fact that it was something flying through the air was so close to the UFO conspiracies that I was like, oh, this is all to kind of like give Cover us a subconscious comfort with uh... the idea of our our home being invaded during the oh, night while we sleep. Dude, it's <laughs> not even a conditioning. 
look at it like this. What if they have us programmed to really look? Maybe it's hard to brainwash somebody to such an exact degree. But what if Christmas is a mass invasion that happens annually? And the idea is to program people as much as possible into the idea that this sort of holiday is coming through. And so the aliens, maybe they play their part. Maybe they dress up as fucking Santa who the fuck knows what's going on in this case or maybe this is something that happened in the past and people continue doing it as a ritual of some sort before we had cameras and things to kind of catch everything there were regular invasions now we'd be able to prove it wrong but before we could prove it wrong maybe there were always regular invasions once a year and there was a weird kind of alien ritual that we went through for conditioning and then people would you know go to sleep early you want santa claus to show up and maybe something really broke into their house in those days and it really did something and the gifts was just the kind of the excuse you know make sure you do this swap alien guy and then you could do whatever you want in the house and they're gonna think it was santa claus just leave a present under the tree and they'll think it was a good thing because consumerism was already programmed by the Illuminati or whoever the fuck is doing that side of shit. But fuck that. So aliens then do come. They abduct people under the guise that it's Santa Claus. And then when cameras finally started to happen and shit, you know, we got to tone it down. We're going to get caught. And then, oh, fuck <laughs> Earth, man. It's not safe anymore. And then they left. And the tradition just kept rolling on. That's the origin of Christmas right there. Well, there's also the (laughs) fact that you can take the letters in Santa Claus and turn it into Satan calls. So, Oh, that's crazy. Satan calls. And it's super pagan. Let's be completely down to the course. Christmas is the most (laughs) pagan holiday ever. So what if it's not necessarily even an invasion of aliens, but it's an invasion, it's a spiritual invasion. And you know, like how everyone is still like, it's Halloween and the day of the dead. It's like, yeah, well then this is the winter version, except instead of everybody being, cause there's a big thing about in all of like a, a conspiracy theory lore <laughs> where they say that, you know, uh, 90% of the kids who are on those milk cartons like missing have you seen me they've all been kidnapped and murdered in satanic rituals all over the country because there's something about blood that is a necessary ingredient in the magic that they're all doing and there's something about children's blood and its purity that makes it stronger and then even stronger still is when the blood is tinged with whatever hormones are released when you're in extreme states of fear so there's an idea of like, okay, well, we have Halloween, we have Day of the Dead, we have all of these days that are dedicated to people being fearful. What if there's one time where we're going to do this like massive, massive collection of either souls or sacrifices? Oh, my God, that totally has happened already. And we call that 9-11. Yeah, absolutely. But this is an annual and it's on such a large scale that instead of fear, the only thing that would work to make it logistically possible is um, domesticity. You know, like, oh, let's get everybody to calm down and be relaxed and be with family and and feel comfort in the fact that they've sold their souls for material items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Themselves. Be comfortable and then occasionally disrupt yeah. that to get the emotion. But then that brings us back to the the wall you were talking about bro the people outside the wall are then controlling everything inside that we consider earth and this is the whole universe (laughs) and then they're doing this shit this giant 
everything we consider Earth is just the, the, the middle part where they have all the cows who are us. And they're breeding fear out of us by having everything stabilized and then doing something horrific. And then letting everything stabilize I mean, and then doing something horrific. And we can say that even hurricanes and tornadoes and these are different methods to control the same thing. And when they're advanced technology from over the wall or from outer space or wherever the fuck they might be hiding... They're using those things that probably don't even exist. They just do a bunch of other shit to try to justify. Hey, look, there's storms on Mars. It must be true. I haven't been to Mars. I don't fucking know. And all of that is just made up shit on Earth to cause fear. The hurricane's coming. Everybody shack up. I'm so scared. And then fear gets generated and they get to suck it into their devil hole to feed Satan or whatever the fuck it is they're doing. Comes back to the Illuminati, who are our bosses, by the way, and we love them. (laughs) Well, I mean, they all... So supposedly, you know, one of the codes they operate under is that they have to sort of be a little on the open side about what their plans are or the things that they're doing. And then you think about movies like Monsters, Inc., which sounds like it should be just an innocent kids movie. It's Pixar. But what are they doing? They are working in a factory that harvests fear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's, it's like a concept shit. that they just make seem so commercially um, benign. But we're talking about it right now. Like, we just connected harvesting fear to Christmas. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) that's crazy. But that's what's, oh my God, that's so fucking nuts, bro. It's just a way to squeeze. What if all the emotions work this way, though? Yeah, well, then what is the ultimate sort of at the end of the tongue in cheek joke of that movie is that laughter was even more powerful than fear as well. You know, laughter was more powerful than screams like it was causing nuclear explosions. It's almost like they were letting us know that, yeah, you know, technically, you know, the reason even the Bible says that all of this has already happened and that we've already lost is because, look, love is more powerful. We're just trying to we're just trying to do as much as we can, whether it's through movies or through music or pop culture um, and controlling the education system and and the legal system. Um, We're just trying to break down your fucking morale so much so that you can't band together and use your more powerful laughter against our ever-present and soul-crushing fear (laughs) that we're monitoring. Oh my god, are we stuck in some sort of real-life battle between the, the, the fucking characters in DC with the rings the lantern people. What? Yeah, the like lantern the, core. Yeah, they're just the lantern people who use fear, and we'll call those people terrorists. But there's literally people that heal you through laughter, and we'll say those people are wielding the, the, the happy one. And what if there's, like, a bunch of this crap going on? We don't know we have powers. We think we're just humans, and they, you know, the idea is to, if they convince us it's not real, then it's not real. And in reality, you know how people say we used to have the ability to be psychic and we used to have uh, uh, this shit levitation or we fucking can teleconnect move shit. <laughs> you know, get my you get my point. Yeah. So what if all that shit is still happening? But the idea is they're trying to convince us that it's not happening by telling us these things are emotions. But you can be in a theater and some guy who might not know he has a power discovered a sort of brain trick we'll call it psychology that they named and they told us and we'll say he understands the human psychology a little better by studying it and thus he can make you laugh on cue but that's a power that's a fucking superpower if we take away the psychology of it that dude just has the power of emotion but you put this whole indoctrinated principle of everything must be put through the scientific principles 
Well, I mean, have you heard all the sort of, um, not even theories, this is just more of like the new wave and holistic medicine and the third eye and how um, we are like we are beings of light who operate at a higher vibrational frequency than most of us are at usually. And it's because of things like TV and the way that we're taught in school, like TV is actually, and even like our screens on our computers, like stuff that we're using right now to record this fucking call. um, They're emitting like waves that put our minds in like a beta state as opposed to an alpha state. Or it could be the reverse. I am just using terms that I read once on Wikipedia, but it's the idea <laughs> that they are. This is like, not misinformation. They, it's the the concept though, is still is yeah. still on point because it's like they are keeping us at a sort of consistently dulled down, always afraid, always anxious, always medicated kind of uh, mindset, and because of that, you know we're being easily controlled and manipulated into all of the social issues that we're dealing with. Whereas, uh, and there are people who say it even is down to things like using, you know, antacids and things like that. You know, um, what is it? What's the antacid mostly made up of the base, um, the calcium calcium, um, sort of makes your pineal gland less active. And it's like the gland in the middle of your brain. And that is the, the, is also affected by all these waves that are coming out of the TV, the sort of brainwashing that's going on. And if we had more access and more practice honing the sort of perception that the third eye could, uh, avail us of, we would be seeing a lot more of what you're talking about. Like we would be seeing if it's the lantern core or whoever the fuck it is, whatever it is, we have the ability to access some of that stuff. We, none of us do it because we're all fucked up now. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's literally there. It's part of that whole keep us from understanding and keep us from knowing how it works. And I think education systems are entirely based under that idea too. Like they can control how much we need to know at any given moment for whatever they yep. need. When they needed us to learn a bunch of different skills to build a country for them, they gave us everything possible to learn every part possible to anything that they might need ever, scientifically, construction-wise, this-wise, that-wise. And then when they need to bring it down a notch because they got what they needed, they start taking things, taking away your rights, taking away your knowledge, taking away your laws, and you don't understand anything that's going on. Well, this would then play into why <clears throat> they would be able to do things like hide the fact that we might be living on a flat earth under a dome and that there could be like that other ocean with the other continents. It's like, you know, yeah. at the time that it was necessary when we were starting to become technologically advanced, like one of the first things they came out with that let us know we were, you know, out of the 40s and 50s were like things like the radio, things like TV things that would let them broadcast waves from a centralized location. You know, yeah. they, they, you, can, you can go on YouTube and find uh, clips uh, that have been, you know, sort of uh, studied and slowed down and they've added um, subtitles so you, to assist you hearing what, what was in the recordings where there was like subliminal shit in the the sign-off video that was the sort of um you know it used to be the national anthem and it would cut to all these different shots of different national monuments and at the bottom of the screen there would be subtitles of the words the national anthem and when you slow the frames down you slow the film down enough you see that as the words are fading off screen 
behind them, just like a half a second behind them, so that you just your your conscious mind isn't seeing it, yeah, but your subconscious, subconscious mind is. is. And it's saying things like "God exists, obey God, obey the government." It's fucking nuts. What and like the these are fuck? things that like would be running when you're most likely going to be seeing it when you're half asleep or falling asleep because it, it would be like midnight when the, the broadcast day would end. Now we have 24-hour constant bombardment. And if that's what they were doing back then... they What the fuck was, they're doing now must be blowing our minds. Like, they can throw anything at us at any given moment. They can disguise it under anything. There's too much to even find it. But can't we just well, find it so easily now that we know? No, because they would just well, find new innovative ways to do the same thing. Well, that's the whole thing, too, though, is the idea is the people that's what that's what isn't that what quote unquote being woke is, is that once you're once you're made aware of this, it's kind of those things where we say once you see it, you can't unsee it. Well, once you're made aware of certain things being these like sort of mind control tricks, it's supposed to be less effective it, or, or or more to the point not effective at all anymore for you because it's like that once you see it, you can't unsee it once you realize that that's part of what's being built in here it's supposed to be like your eyes are too you're too awake for it to still work on you but i call bullshit that- on that though because that doesn't even make sense people stay even the woke people go home and watch tv well that's the thing like people will claim that they're woke i mean dude i'm woke but i still watch tv too because what the fuck else am i gonna do with my time (laughs) at this point i still want to i still want to write tv shows but i'm afraid that when i finally get my really good opportunity to do that i'm gonna find out that i have to make it fall into this mold that has been designed by mind control inc which is just a division of the illuminati which is you know now contributing to the you know, dumbing down and catalification of uh, society here. But I would love to get a credit card debt and see what it's like to live like a rich person for a little while. So I'll probably do it. I, I mean, which I don't know if that, you know, does that mean that the devil exists? You know, what, I don't know. You know, what, what does any of it mean? But um, do you yeah. think the devil is running the Illuminati? Could that be a thing? Is that because why does the Illuminati have a bunch? Let's say they, they they really are under control our bosses the illuminati which we love very much let's say they are in control of every little everything that happens then i don't remember what i was talking about what was the last thing you said (laughs) um shit what was the last thing i said Um, the devil Oh, He's the running fucking it? devil, yes. If the that, devil's oh, running that the because Illuminati. I would still do this even though I'm woke, does that mean that the devil exists? Like, is it already too late for me? Like, can it be too late and even being woke isn't well, enough? Well, no, to, because to then breathe. the weird part is if the devil the is running the Illuminati, he's affecting us on a human scale, but he's still the devil. If the devil is running the Illuminati, then that proves God because God made devil? Or is that just a bullshit story people made up to then attack the devil and t- try to take his power? There's something greater than him. Follow that thing and you're not under control. Is then woke God? Well, then the other thing, too, is does the... If we were to come around to proving the existence of God or the devil, does that necessarily then mean that the Bible is true? Because you could still have propaganda against them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what if the devil really was the good guy and the Bible is propaganda against them? You know, like, there'd be no way to prove that fucking wrong because somebody wrote a book that everybody believes instead of the guy, but it's the only record. And what if that record is really talking about real fucking events? Let's say it is, whatever. So it really is talking about these events, then it could be twisted. Like, we know the winners always. We know the winners always. 
write the story. Yeah, history is told by the winners. Yeah. We know they've written well, every word of it. Is that then what's happening? And they're, even the thought that the Illuminati is scary and evil is wrong because that is part of the illusion that the made-up other system has been pushing the whole time because Illuminati, devil, synonymous. Mm-hmm. That's just a given. But then what is the opposition here? Why do we have the concept of a god if the Illuminati is in control? If the Illuminati is all that's powerful, they should be promoting, yeah, the devil. And still hiding their things, all the while getting people's acceptance more easily if they needed it. Because they already believe in the same thing that does control the whole fucking thing. So the fact that we even have the concept of god on the opposition tells us one of two things. Either there is a fucking God and we cannot beat that or it's fucking propaganda that a bunch of people made up because maybe the devil is just a demigod and he his power has limitations. He's not omni-fucking anything. He's just overpowered. And this propaganda well, then turns us away from the Illuminati, our saviors. Hmm. Well, there's... So the first part where we say, what if the, what if the devil could have been the hero, the conspiracy theorists who all then turn out to usually be very hardcore Christians would say, see, it's the fact that you would even be able to think that that proves that the devil's work has been doing, has been being done all this time. And that now we're so close. There's like so many people would rather think that way than even imagine the idea of like just being sacrificing of yourself to God for being so thankful for the gift he's given you. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, seriously, like you were fine. You were fine exposing the devil until you turned into this sacrifice yourself to God person. Then the message became too crazy for me because I'm like, that makes God sound not much different. You know what I mean? It's like a very self-conscious, jealous asshole <laughs> yeah like no he flips out over no whatever he likes me. to like, fuck okay, with people so there are other gods you know what i mean like what the hell is yeah. this and hey hey you take your son up there and kill difference. him take your son up there and kill him oh no 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 i was kidding bro i was it was a joke it was a joke dude what's wrong with you that you would even do that man yeah That's like what the hell's your problem you know, I mean? like, you know who i am i wouldn't have you just kill somebody i'm god uh-huh but I'm glad you believe in me enough that you would have done it. Like, holy shit, I'm glad I stopped you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck? I, I don't know. There's, I, that, With credit to Bo Burnham, the, the all-quote Bo Burnham, the all-loving faggot hater. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also just like, even if we... Just because you don't believe in the Bible and, and, and so you don't believe in God because of, the, of the, even the concept we have of what that word means when we say it, doesn't mean that you don't believe that there's something greater than us that created this universe or created what it is that we're in, whether it's a simulation or whether it's a flat infinite plane with a dome over it, whether it's actually floating balls in space. Um, you know, but when you think about it, <laughs> almost all of those ideas sound ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, I can't believe that like we would have this, situation where we have zero concept of what the greater picture is of why we're even here as a species yet the three of us can jump on a call on a saturday night and have conversations that literally feel like the ending sequence of 2001 like it feels like we're flying through the cosmos and like touching on universal truth here and galactical math there and you know we're coming 
concepts that are defining the human experience but ultimately we're going to wind up in like a cube where time doesn't work normally and we're going to see ourselves die and be reborn yep. you know what i mean like yep. it's just like there's uh, even like all of that doesn't make any sense the the logic of it but it does it sort of does the fact that we we don't necessarily know anything about anything. Us just here talking, throwing these thoughts back and forth, as solid and real as they might be. We could be so far off, like what we've thought of as the truth. Not only not be what they're telling us is the truth, but be nothing like any of the alternatives we ourselves could come up with or even imagine under any context. It could be that complicated. So then the point isn't even like time is going to run out or we're going to be stuck in like a cube or that the reality will never see the realist reality. That We just have to shift our perspective and then look from the other side and ask, what could it even be that the illusion serves if the other side is so overpowered that they can do all of this what is even oh, the point yeah. behind what they are doing it that on its own must be on a such such a grand scale that maybe it's better to just let it happen because something greater is definitely taking place because even if they're outside of a wall or even if they're in space or in the center of the fucking earth, wherever the fuck they might be controlling this thing from, it's happening at such a larger scale because they have the ability to sell these illusions to us like a fucking god or a fucking Santa Claus or the fucking devil behind the Illuminati or vampires or anything they want. They could do it any moment. They can convince us of whatever. They can say a zombie outbreak happens tomorrow. They can make us, they could probably make a zombie fucking outbreak. And, Maybe we should just eat it because it has, it's a bigger mm. picture, right? Well, it's like deciding or realizing that you live inside of like one person's playthrough of Grand Theft Auto 6. You know what I mean? Like, all right, man, we're just in this until the guy hits reset. And, and for us, it's been already lasting 2000 human years. But for whoever's playing the game, maybe he's paused it. Maybe he's saved the file a couple times and restarted it. And we just don't know. Yeah, and at some point, us. they're going to just erase the file. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that could be what the Big Bang was. It was just like the electrons moving across the circuit board of a PlayStation four or five dimensions above our dimension that we live in. You know what I mean? And yeah. ultimately it becomes Tron again. It's because it all kind of collapses, collapses onto itself every time. Every image of everything sort of... But I think that's the best thing about perspectivism. The fact that it's just the idea of looking at something from a different angle and then seeing how it relates to sort of everything. The more you do it, the more sort of you realize, oh, that is this thing over here. And then the Big Bang and the God and devil and the people and every idea we it's all the same fucking thing somehow I mean, one like, way or another how many words are are start are sort of hidden within other words like how do you, how could you have devil and developer be so close and a developer builds the internet and now they're finding when they do the math of the physics that is getting closer and closer to kind of like showing them the actual definitions of time and space they're finding the same codes that you'd find in a web browser and it's yeah. like holy shit and the word devil and developer are literally sound like synonymous almost <laughs> you know what i mean and it's, so it's like that could then support the idea 
that we're in a giant simulation and that some of the concepts that we have are from abbreviations in the code. Like, you know, maybe the developer is just somebody who adds in everything. So anything that actually is actionable is going to be filtered through this last person's personality. Devil is short for developer. (laughs) And the devil's job is to influence (laughs) <laughs> or actually yeah like adjust the code yeah to make so. the changes necessary if we assume that we really are inside of a computer of some sort there is one fact that that perfectly transfers over to and is if we have a video game the point of the video game is what for it to be funner than real life the developer's job is to assure that that fucking happens so what do you do? So they make this character a little. I mean, you're yes. building in. Yes. You build in the expendability of the background characters. You build in the repetition of all the routines. You know what I mean? It's like. Is he the one updating the game? Yeah, he's basically the guy updating the game. He's just the guy who routinely so, comes back and updates and makes up new rules, and he makes the Hitlers of the world. Because hey, maybe it'll be cool to have a war. Which also means that he could be <clears throat> misinterpreting instructions from God. Oh, and the God, and God could just be this sort of either consortium or, um, you know, his boss, <laughs> you know, at whatever company is housing the server that this whole thing is taking place. But on. you see, now looking at that from a different angle, we can just say that there are multiple developers in whatever office he works in, thus different universes. So now we have a full image and how the Matrix and God are fully strapped together with the devil literally being included in there. There could be multiple devils adjusting multiple different... There could be Bethesda Game Studios and they're working on Fallout as much as they're working on uh, yeah. uh, uh, Skyrim. We're in an EA game. And we're in an EA, ga- an EA game. Yeah, it's just a money grab. What we understand is the world working off the same initial set of codes, and that's why we all are like same version. Like it's almost like when three of us play the same game, and we we have to use the same character. We have to start the same exact you know physical design and whatever. But each, all three of us are allowed to make our own choices during our playthrough, and then we bring all three of those characters together and compare them. And even though we play through the same game. That the same ultimate goals and the same sort of rule sets, all three of us could wind up with three vastly different characters if it was any type of an RPG, like a, like a Fallout kind of thing. It, all based yeah. on decisions we made, items we kept, items we didn't keep, missions we failed, missions we passed, missions we skipped. It's like it really starts to kind of... <laughs> yeah, it looks like <laughs> a all, giant... They're all... It's a program. It's a total program. It's a total program, but it's also not. That's fucked up. How the fuck? Because you're right. And everything we do affects the character. The character develops. The character has its uh, set of characteristics. Its stats are up. These stats over those stats. Because I did this versus you did that versus she did this. We're all different simply because of the player playing through the program. With whatever random sets of chaos came through, there is an avatar outside of who we think we are. And that person is really playing us. And then the concept of God totally falls into that because that God is just a human in his understanding of it, or not a human, but just whatever we think we are is what he really is, or not even because we have no concept of that. It would break down so far, but he is the controller of the avatar. He did not make 
the avatar. Me and you are just two different avatars. Or maybe I'm only real, and so are you only real, and we're sort of the same shit. But one of us is the computer, and the other one is the player, but we're all being seen by the same eyes of the person playing the video game. And he didn't make the video game. The developer made the video game under the design that God made. Or they made the rules. And we followed those rules and we developed and we did whatever. So then the Matrix itself would be not more of a robot kind of simulation like the movie The Matrix. Or a complete illusion for the sake of illusion. But rather an illusion that's inevitably happening because we do break down from somebody making the computer above us and being like, let's make life less boring. The same way we grabbed some random computer and made that a hundred million billion trillion times. The player on our end is identical to God to us. But, or not God to us, not God to the developer. Because God in the developer's sense, because if we say us, we're thinking global consciousness. We're thinking we are the, our, there's a higher self of us. And so we're God in that higher form. So we're the kid playing. But then there's devil God scenario where the developer <laughs> has to make the rules. And think of like an open world. Like a, what's the one that just recently got remade? Defiance. How there's like open world events and shit. So the developer yeah. is the devil running those things and sometimes uh, conflicting with the story and making NPCs do crazy shit. And we're just ha we just got to respond to it. And we'll never know which ones are the NPCs. We're just characters within the game. We think it's all normal. We can't tell what somebody controlling us can easily tell from their position looking is just a computer. We can't tell, but they well, can. I mean, it, it only works if... It's actually one giant supercomputer, and each one of us is a single point of access that our interface um, allows for a completely unique experience, but is using the same program that everybody else is accessing at the same time. That would then explain things like the idea of string theory or the also idea of these different dimensions existing parallel to each other. Because your decisions have to also affect the same simulation that other people are living through. Because, like, if I murder somebody or if I kill somebody in a car accident, the other people who are also people participating in the simulation no longer have access to the idea of the person in their family who died in a car accident. And they know me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like we become connected, you know what I mean? And so even though I'm experiencing everything, unless that's only happening what if, in my place. Yeah, you know what, what if I mean? you're experiencing a single player game where you're the guy in Skyrim, you're walking around and you go talk to a computer. As the player, you know that computer's a dumb fuck that's not going to do shit but go to sleep later, wake up, and go stand in that same spot for the whole day. But as a character, you, you're not aware of that. You wait until the store is open. You go and right. trade with them then. And you're like, you leave and you wonder about his life. What does that salesman do to all his... When in reality, he just fucking stands there. But you don't know that. So what if it is a single-player game? You can't tell everybody else doesn't exist. They're just a computer. You're the player, but you're also just a character. And it had to have been done in a way that once you enter the game, part of entering the game is losing that 
you know how like while we're playing a video game, we still have our connection to ourselves. We totally know that we're not the person on the screen. We know we're not the person running around doing yeah. all the shit we're doing. But for us, because this is this is comes into play where like we as individuals don't really know. You know, some people have had near death experiences where they've seen things that feel like they have a better understanding of what could possibly be going on outside of this uh, situation we call reality. But, you know, <clears throat> for the most part, we don't know. So if we're going with this analogy, there's this idea that I'm kind of coming up with that um, just by getting involved in the game, the side effect of you losing touch with the outer reality to the point where this is all you know. And it's the point where, like, not knowing what your purpose in being in here at all times doesn't detract. In fact, it allows you to continue to make free-willed decisions. (laughs) But it would then also explain the idea of things like demons being people like the developer who are able to just, like, swoop in and usurp you for the time being and make you do things that you normally couldn't do. (laughs) As well as uh, people who just learn how to break the game, sort of, by doing mods and by doing codes and shit. Those are... They could come across in the game, like overpowered demons or deities or sudden things that maybe even get included into the lore of the games like some rpgs have done in the past where something so magnificent happens and they decide hey that was a cool thing and then they include it into the game so these things could have happened in some context but here's a crazier mindfuck what if we're not even the outside person feeling like we jumped into the game. What if the outside person still just feels like they're the outside person and we somehow gain consciousness within the game and they don't even fucking know what's happening? We're right here questioning it, but they don't hear us talking. Maybe their version of the game is like fucking old school, perfect dark with blocky hands and shit. And when you're walking around, people don't really say much. It's just kind of quiet everywhere while you're doing your mission or something like that. And we within the game communicate and maybe have consciousness to some degree based on what you see them doing. Oh, he's programmed this. Yeah. What if we're just programmed to say these things? We think in a conscious way that it's not. We perceive, we're perceiving. Even if we're programmed to have this conversation, we're perceiving. Well, and that's, that's crazy. Holy shit, I didn't even consider that. What if the perceiving... But yeah, what if it is made up? But what if it's not made up? What if we find out somehow? We, we, we are given the quantum computer by the government. And we decide to type in, hey, and calculate a couple of these things. And we do find out that it's not made up. We shouldn't be perceiving. It's not part of the program. There is a person playing the avatar we think is us. So our free will is bullshit for a fact. But he's in the game finding this information while he's playing. And we're perceiving it and being like, holy shit, guys. We shouldn't be seeing any of this. We shouldn't be seeing at all. It should just be him playing the game. They don't know that it's happening. What if God stands for geometric omnipotent delineation and it's exactly the technical description of what experiencing life as designed for a human oh my freaking god (laughs) and that is the name of the system you know what i mean like that's like the the master command of the system you know it's like the main the purpose of of the program is to generate consciousness the whole point is the consciousness part nothing else is planned Everything else is crazy complicated to generate consciousness, but... Because then, 
like reality unfolding before you is the way a map in an open world video game is only rendering what it needs for the moment you're existing in. But there's so many of us existing that this whole thing has become this giant tangible world that we all agree on. But an ultimate reality, which I think, I don't know, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before on your show. Um, the idea that my philosophy teacher, a professor in college, was talking to us about how you don't really know what's going on around you until like particles, uh, pro- photons of light bounce off from a light source, bounce off of objects around you. They reflect off the object and hit your the lens of your eye, which then translates the signal of that photon along the optic nerve from your eye back into your brain. And your brain takes the signal, interprets it, and then assigns it a picture and color and all kinds of things. So it never it doesn't actually exist in the form that you think it does until your brain interprets it. So we don't really know what the sort of loading, <laughs> the sort of just open platform of reality is until our eye sees the code that says blue, you know, like the, the yeah. sort of gradated screen. So, you know, in that respect, the idea that um, the entirety of reality is just sort of this big field of potential. <laughs> and it all and it only becomes what it needs to become when you're there to perceive it so there are these qualities out there floating around and whatever the the body is of the desk that i'm sitting at there's a quality in it that says it's going to feel like this so when you touch it this is what your brain interprets from the signal coming from the nerves in your finger that it's got this sort of like rough pattern to it or smooth in the parts and it, it, your eyes will see this color and it'll make this sound when it interacts with other solid objects you know all of that is just a programmed possibility for if my eye happens to look at that table or if my arm happens to touch it you know but it's just it's existing in the ram (laughs) yeah it's not (laughs) even there while you're not using or looking at it yeah that's fucking weird but the tangibility of the real world is so um prominent for us that the idea of it not being there when it's not being used like how do you know the world is even still there when you close your eyes and go to sleep you know what i mean it's like (laughs) <laughs> well, here's the fucking nuts part. As you were talking about the brain that you look at it or whatever, it, mainly we're dominated by our sight. Our sight dominates. But our sight is just some made-up bullshit in the first place. But then our no matter what, let's say we are somehow looking through all of it and seeing, even if we're seeing the small fraction, whatever we're looking at directly is the truth and everything else is an illusion made up. So whatever that distance might be that you're actually 100% focused on, let's assume that's the case, right? Then... Do we assume that because nothing is there, nothing is really generated, that is is the visible part our consciousness? Is all we're seeing... So we see the little ball. We What is it? Uh, if you put your thumb directly in front of your eye, you, you close one eye, whatever size you see at that distance when you put your thumb up is the true focus of your entire vision and everything else is kind of made up. If everything else is sort of made up, is our consciousness really what we're 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 witnessing what we think is reality and it's that tiny little bit that's moving around because we're just the eyeball not even the brain we're the eyeball sort of sending the information because we can't see behind our eyes but we can see our brain if you aimed our eyes at our brain that would be fucking weird right would that still work your (laughs) eyes are connected to your brain in every possible way you can you can look back at your brain still connected to your eyeballs your consciousness your perception your you and is that tiny little distance, right? Now, your brain actively removes things 
and focuses on whatever you're looking at. So if you were to look at somebody talking, no matter what other sounds are happening, so long as it's at a real audible volume, your brain would begin to remove the other things then hear the person talk. But that's just because I'm looking at your mouth. If I looked at the construction site, I would suddenly hear the construction site more. My brain is constantly removing things from the universe. If our perception is just that little bit and everything is based on that little bit, then that means even the sounds we hear are chosen at random based on estimates because our perception is really just that tiny little bit. That's how much would be real at any well, given this moment. Is why the, this, that's the, like, why it goes right to the question. If, it, if the tree falls in the woods and there's no one around to hear it, does it still make a sound? It's like... Like the tree is both there. Yeah, the tree is there. You're just not capable of really seeing the tree fall down. Even if you were looking dead at the tree, you wouldn't see it fall down because you'd only see part of the tree. The rest is made up. Well, the, the idea is that you'd have to be there to even know, right? You know, like the like in my mind, it's like, well, if if the conditions are there when I am present for there to be a sound when the tree falls, why would we assume that me not being there would change that? Like it's still a bunch of physical objects coming in contact with each other. There's like air molecules being uh, manipulated. So of course sound waves are going to be created, but how do you even know if sound waves are there unless there's yes. something to perceive the sound waves, you know, it's, and then you when you start to take those concepts and think that there are actual particles that exist that way where they're, they exist one way, but then even the act of observing them changes the state in which they exist. You know, it starts to say, well, the observer does play a, an important role. You know, there could be things where the observer being there or not being there. Um, that's crazy, isn't it? Because right. then that's a contradiction within itself. Because it says that we are just, uh, the idea is that we're just some sort of message being received by the brain or the body or whatever. But then there's confirmation with the fact that if we, if we generate our perception, we are affecting it. What we sort of, our actions are not our actions, but indirectly we are influencing it. So we have the fact that we're, not affecting anything and we are affecting everything kind of coming from the same source that we're a higher version of ourselves this sort of awareness not the body but rather the thing that thinks it's the body we're that thing but not really mm -hmm. that either because we're the thing that has that's seeing the thing with the ability to think it's the body and that's really what we are just the thing seeing but then there's evidence that that thing seeing is affecting what's being seen at the same time or heard and like, I like what you just said there where you're like, we're just messages to the brain. It's like, we actually are more just could be in that, in that way, if us being here affects things happening or not, we could be an extension of something else trying to observe the conditions within this system that we call our reality, you know? And that means that we are just sort of experiencing on the behalf of something else and whatever that something else is, whether it's the kids in the arcade that are like you know logging in to play our characters or if we're all just extensions of the same consciousness experiencing humanity from all different angles um it definitely kind of would speak to the idea of like again these like sort of potentials just being in the in the ram ready to go and just waiting for a person to walk past the trigger point and say, okay, cool, this tree's going to fall now and he's going to hear it. And if he didn't get here by this time and it was like a different time when he triggered this point, the tree would already be on the ground and it wouldn't matter anymore. But, you know, like they, they would think about it maybe and then it would bring those you know, things to, to come to pass. It's just everything in general. It's all of it in general. Our perception, our understanding, 
why does all of it always look true but always not like we would walk if we're not if we pass by that tree we pass by the tree the tree fucking falls it doesn't it makes a sound while we're there if we're not there it doesn't make a sound now if nobody's there to see that tree make a sound the tree never fell by the by our understanding of perception let's assume only humans are conscious we know that's bullshit because it has to fucking be but assume only humans have consciousness and a tree were to fall and nobody was there to hear it that tree let's say nobody even saw that tree standing up in reality based on perception being who witnessed it nobody witnessed that tree ever grow up nobody ever witnessed that tree in any stage of its life except already fallen that tree has only existed fallen even if there was something previously there there was nothing there to see it the only time it would have existed upright is in the mind of whatever was creating that moment in time, whatever was rendering it in the system of reality, because in order for it to fall and be placed in a spot that would logistically result from it falling, it had to exist, even if in, even if in concept alone, it had to exist in an upright position at some point. So that means that even the ideas of things, imagining things... Um, on some level, a not human level, obviously, some other level, um, becomes important as well. And that's partially, too, I think, why they try to um, dumb down and dull out our humanity's sort of propensity. Because, you know, I kind of feel like everybody has got to be born with their brain having the ability to be imaginative and creative. And some people might be more sensitive or attuned to less fantastical imagination, but imagination doesn't just have to extend to, oh, did you come up with Lord of the Rings today? Or did you just think of what it would feel like if you were the person on the other end of the insult you thought about, you know, spewing out of your mouth? Um, But it does kind of play to the idea that some people are trained away from nurturing that in themselves whether it's from like their home life or school like a shitty school system you know what i mean or or a shitty job um but it's like to me i've never felt like i went to any special training to be able to imagine uh you know like like playing with my imaginary friends or playing with toys and thinking that the world that they're playing in is more real than just being on my kitchen table or being on the table in the playroom. You know what I mean? It's like, so it's kind of crazy how the idea of like the, ob- the observer is important, but so is the concept of what that world would have been like, whether you were there to hear the fall of the tree or not. You have to be able to see that the tree would have been standing on one of those stumps. You know what I mean? And that's where meditation comes in. That's where meditation comes in. Because, again, what do the monks say? That they're, they're going to a higher plane. They realize they're a higher plane. They meditate. They do they do this weird detachment thing. Oh, yeah, I, I see myself third person. I'm out of body. What do they call it? Astral projection or whatever? Mm-hmm. They do astral projection or they uh, – I, I see the universe for what it really is when I meditate. Uh, I, I remove all these weird parts that have nothing to do with me. And they, they sort of communicate to the higher them, to the player on top, which then – Brings me to one point. Is our player just a shitty fucking whack person that doesn't want to hack and thus we're just shitty people following the fucking game rules? Meanwhile, there's maybe some asshole flying around because he decided to use fucking cheat sheets while he was going to play Earth or whatever the fuck this game is. You mean Donald Trump? Yeah, bro. (laughs) That's a dude with all... He has like five stars right now on his GTA rating. And somehow he also has God mode activated. 
Yeah, exactly. I was mm-hmm. say you put in the code though, so that doesn't matter how many stars you have. Yeah, you're untouchable, and people will still support you. It's kind of a sick hack. It's the sickest mod available for any system ever. Yeah, yeah. He's just some dude having fun. So our players are just some shitty, fucking normal. We're we're the literal people who need to be playing a video game. Whoever the fuck is on yeah. who's controlling us because they're boring already. How much you want? How much you want to bet the class system extends out to outside of our reality? Like we can only get so far because of the pods or the or the portals that we're accessing the game through. Whereas like the portal that Donald Trump's character oh or God. real life player is accessing it through is like souped up and has the best bandwidth oh and is in a protected like high powered facility you know what i mean like it's like he just it translates right up the chain outside yeah. too even it's you know what this is geniusly reminding me of genius like all oh, fucking arrogant statement there <laughs> um I, I meant to say is making me realize the genius of in that rick and morty you ever watch rick and morty yeah that's just two episodes the the episode with Roy, the video game, you know, it's like where you basically just go and like live someone else's life. And while you're playing the game, you actually feel the time of that person's life. It's like Inception. Like you go in a level and it's only 10 minutes in a level above you, but it's like fucking an entire lifetime of life in, yeah. in this video game. And uh, <laughs> and when when Morty comes out of it and Rick is like, holy shit, you survived cancer and still go back to the rug store. That's the difference between you and me. I never go back to the fucking rug store. You know what I mean? It's like, holy shit, like that right there could be a giant admission because they always, you know, the conspiracy theory community always says something that comes out of nowhere and then suddenly like rockets to popularity. Yeah. Um, usually has a little bit of a helping hand from the Illuminati and often will then start to include symbology and different things. And, you know, that could be one of those tongue in cheek, like, hey, let's just admit to everybody what's really going on. Yeah, because they're not going to believe it. This. Yeah. <laughs> and and so that goes back to this idea of dissemination of information, like the idea that in the 50s, when all the horror movies started to sort of focus around UFOs and alien invasions, it was to start to create a social dialogue that put people who believed in this type of thing, the molders of X-Files, people like me probably, um, that when people would hear us start to say these things and make these connections, they're like, oh, you're just one of those tinfoil hat weirdo crazies. Like, the UFOs aren't real. The oh, my God, bro. You brought it full circle. Listen to this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, if that is the case... And they did make these horror movies about aliens. That is the case. A bunch of like the 50s and 60s were packed with weird things like this. It started leaning in that direction to begin the dialogue because of one thing. The idea of Santa Claus, as we discussed before, was just a series of fucking alien invasions that was happening. And once cameras and shit were becoming more popular, now we got to throw this fucking thought away. We got to, they know we're real, but only the places where we were abducting. Now the world's going to know we're real. Time to throw the grenade in and have the conflict of idea be what detracts from us having ever visited this planet in the first place. And then people kept rolling forward with the idea of fucking Christmas. But it was just really that they left. They were there was really invasions, and they were dressing up or doing whatever the fuck weird ritual or Satan was doing it. 
Satan comes once in a while, and the ritual of red is Dude. really like that she- the sheep's blood. What the fuck is it? They used to put sheep's blood, and that's that's Passover. Yeah, Passover. the same idea. Red is a valuable color for whatever satanic thing or whatever religious thing is going on. So they do their part, and then cameras and shit starts to happen, and then they're like, "Fuck this, we're out." But also, here's a bomb, and they throw the ideas into a curveball by saying, "Oh no." What if it's good? What if it's bad? What if it was made up? What if it's true? And there's too many options. You saturated it with options. It would make sense on a couple levels as to why things would feel like now they're going backwards. Like the technology has come too far that they can't run their game the same way they used to. Why else also? I mean, why else would there be such this push? Like, it's not Happy Holidays. It's Merry Christmas. It's like, all right, you know, maybe there was something even... um, important because they actually i mean this is i'm sure this sounds insane um but all these conspiracy theory uh theorists who have been really down the rabbit hole for a long time uh they talk about how so much of this is so embedded in everything about pop culture um to the point where even a lot of things that we think are slogans or are like urban dictionary slang or are just like sayings that famous people feel like they came up with as like catchphrases are are most likely like magical spell incantations and things that they need us to say to complete oh some portion God. of a ritual that we don't even know we're a part of so, so even like lullabies Mary- as children and all these little yes. random they're just ways to get us to chant things that they need in the first place as part of the giant sort of manipulation thing. As sort of yes, the giant... exactly. What the fuck? So then we could safely say that maybe it aims to the possibility that based on how things are, devil and god are more possible... Or not devil, but demons. Demons. Let's say demons. Some other place... That needs us to do certain things, whether the demon be outside of the wall and they have some other, like they confuse us to think the world works the way it does here where we interact and we do whatever. But outside the wall, it looks in some way that we wouldn't even understand from how complicated it is or out in space or wherever the fuck they're controlling the thing from. And the lullabies they teach us are just enchantments for whatever they fucking need us to say to gather energy and thing and then uh creating these holidays that create certain emotions either of sadness where you remember uh, there's a in spanish there's a a velorio which is a routine i don't know how you say it in english it's like a routine celebration of the death of somebody on their day on the day that they died one year later and every year from that day they get together and they chant a very specific set of phrases santa maria madre de dios liberanos de nuestro pecado ahora y en la hora de nuestra muerte and then they'll say that over and over and over and over and over it's uh, Santa Maria, Saint Mary, Mother of God, save us from pecado, save us from our sins, our, now and in the hour of our death. So Saint Mary, Mother of God, free us from our sins now and in the hour of our death. And they repeat that over and over a couple of times. They get together, you know, they, they make coffee, they have crackers and cheese and like little hunks of meat and they mm-hmm. get together and at certain time, I don't know who chooses or based on what it's happening, they start chanting this thing over and over for like a minute or five minutes or i don't even know but what if that's feeding some sort of energy that's literally a kind of made-up holiday in honor of the person who died and they're feeding energy to sadness they're literally getting together 
to generate sadness, whatever tiny little bit of sadness they can squeeze out. But you multiply this by everybody who does this in all the days that somebody has died in their lives, which is probably every single day of the year. Mm-hmm. And with some people here, some people there, some people now you've created a tradition that generates sadness. And they do it willingly to get that energy from you. I'm, I mean, you think about, too, like, uh, think about TV shows, like old formulaic TV shows in the 80s were like cop shows where every once in a while there'd be an episode where there's like a cultist is, re- you know, responsible for the murder. And uh, they say that they were like, you know, they had to kill the person because they needed souls and they needed blood. And I always used to watch those things and think, what did this one fucking guy think he, he was like really like it was all up to him that he, you know he killing this guy was keeping the fucking floodgates from hell open but then you think about that's happening like a million times at the same time all across the country you know what i mean like our mentality has been pretty much programmed I think it's so that in every major metropolitan area there's areas where there's high crime and there's people that are, you know like every city has a shootings oh, of the year list fuck. you know what i mean like you know what I mean? Like every right. every city has certain different characteristics that are sort of like, you know, if there were something on a grand scale that required a constant um, sacrifice of human blood. Then they're definitely whether, getting it from us. That's what wars would be. It, they're getting it from us. Wars, exactly. I mean, like, wars are designed to in- just mass blood spilled wherever and if we say the entire understanding of what we know as earth within the wall or again the this planet whatever the case might be this place could just be on that scale it's you're generating a bunch you're generating a fucking bunch and it could just be controlled in there to feed whatever the fuck wars mass genocide what if hitler was just the necessity to generate a incredibly crazy what if it was a two-step plan maybe they're like hey First, let's get Genghis Khan to make a crap ton of people. Make a fuck ton of people. Have them go and fuck everybody. They're going to multiply. And then in however many years, we'll go back to that place and we'll visit them. And then we'll create a Hitler. And then we're going to spill all that blood. We already breeded them. We bred the system to be like this. We made a bunch of them suddenly. And then just a couple of 500 years later, there was fucking almost nobody here before like what? 50,000 years or some crazy shit like that. We were just animals, or allegedly, or whatever the fuck. So they somehow, in this tiny little bit of time, managed to mass produce humans and then decide to mass genocide humans a couple of years, a couple of centuries later, to generate the blood and the sadness at the same time. It's a double whammy. And it's always the people who are in positions of power who are making the decisions that would require these blood sacrifices, who then never sacrifice their own blood, but they sacrifice the blood of innocence or the blood of other people. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I guess there's a certain amount of like, if you want to see it this way, you'll see it this way. But there's also a certain amount of like, well, there was shit about that never making sense. Like, wait a minute. So like, we're so advanced that we have, 
these systems that we've organized to run our lives called governments and that we have a, a finite number of countries, a finite amount of land. Everybody's sort of drawn their lines and decided where their land begins and ends, what countries and different cultures make claims to which parts and whatever. But at some point in all of our grandiose fucking sophistication, our countries will get into some kind of disagreement where ultimately, all right, we've tried talking about this. Now I'm sending a bunch of fucking my people to your place with weapons and we're just going to kill, I don't know, your guys with weapons. Maybe you should send some of your people to meet our people. Whoever has the most standing at the end wins. And the thing is, only in video games is where that actually happens, because here it just never fucking ends. Like, yeah. And so, you know what I mean? But at the same time, like as a kid, even I'd be like, well, wait a minute, though. I'm not supposed to go hit somebody else on the fucking playground, but you're sending hundreds of thousands of people with machine guns someplace else, and their orders are to murder people, basically. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, wow, that's an interesting full circle for us to come as adults. After and we don't even question it. We don't even question our programming. They want us tame around. They get to choose when we die. We don't get yeah. to choose because they need us to be alive. They when they hey we can't commit suicide. That's looked down on. They've put that. They've made us believe that is a horrible thing. You can't get to choose and that if your life is miserable enough. I want to check out. You don't get to choose that. No, they will literally yeah. stop you and put you in a cage so you can't do it. Yeah, if you fail, you're fucked. So you might as well make sure you succeed because you wind up in a rubber room and now you're just like literally a human. I mean, I thought of an idea for a story a long time ago of a vampire who became a doctor so that he could like kidnap brain dead patients that they were going to take off of life support so that he would just basically have a private blood factory in his apartment. And like, I was going to even affect the lore of the vampirism to the point where he can't um, intoxicate himself. Like he can't drink alcohol and he can't take drugs. But if he would inject the alcohol into the IV of the brain dead patient, he could experience it through their blood. Oh um, shit, that's cool. And, but that kind of like scares me that this concept that I thought was cool for a vampire story is sort of close to how they really fucking look at us. Like the people that are running the show now, you know, like, I mean, when you start to look at things in the way that we have been in this conversation and which, which, you know, admittedly is designed to be controversial and take yeah. things from a different perspective. But there are a lot of things that support some of the more over the fucking edge concepts that we're bringing up. That's you the know? scariest or part. That's a hundred percent the scariest part. The fact that it can look possible like, in any light that there's any questionability other than, you know, that there's no way to point at it and go, Oh, absolutely. That's not happening. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like we just basically brought up this at least a because 50% chance. <laughs> the problem with fear or not fear, but I guess a prediction is not, it's possible if it's not, impossible that's where fear for example think of a roller coaster you don't think a roller coaster is going to fly off it's not impossible it would take crazy odds for you to get on a roller coaster and that roller coaster to jump off of one of the fucking turns and kill you crazy unlikely the fear comes from the fact that it's not impossible that's it that's right. all it is and that applies perfectly here it's the fact that uh, it these things don't sound impossible in fact they're even if just coming out of our minds and probably not true if you follow the line all the way up it leads to the same conclusion and since we only see the result even if they tell us the answer here this is how we did it 
We still got to believe them on it. We didn't confirm shit ever. Even if we consciously think we get things, the fear always comes from the fact that our subconscious mind knows for a fact that it's not impossible could be true. Not that it's likely, <laughs> but it could be. And that fucks with my head. The well, fact I think that, and that's what they, that's what the success of their plan hinges on is that it'll be the three of us chilling on a saturday night talking about this over skype that they're probably listening yeah and and again because there's already been a sort of societal norm established to immediately question anybody who would entertain any of these thoughts as saying oh they must be crazy because you know why the fuck would you believe something like that whereas they don't even turn around and then look at like well why is it so easy for me to just say oh that sounds crazy like what's so crazy about it it's not it's not as if they're going hey let's just like throw a bunch of shit at them that that just makes no sense and just we'll just say so hard that we believe it yeah that maybe it'll convince people it's like this is a thought out thing we're we're exploring this from at least a serious uh jumping off point yeah, Even if yeah. we try to connect as much of the lines as possible as many of these dots as possible we try to really kind of wrap them into a thing that looks like a possible narrative that's the whole point because if it seems possible out the window goes the impossibility thus the questioning happens and that is the true way to be woke everybody else is saying they're woke they're not woke but we're woke why are we woke because we're trying to see how the same information is different and the same at the same time we're not trying to disprove shit yeah or it's just that, well, how could there be so many different interpretations, you yeah. know, and, and how do all those interpretations not include these, which are just kind of admitting that there are some scary possibilities out there and that if those possibilities become manifest, there's very little we're going to be able to do to control it. That, that it implies so much bigger power than any one of us, even any group of us, really. You know what I mean? The idea that all of this... Like, how ungrounded does everything become when this whole thing that we think of reality could easily be somebody playing through a video game that we're just inside, we're a part of? Yeah, you know, we're not even. Like, we're not even, we don't even think, therefore we are, we think because somebody made us think. The end. I mean, and so much of the idea of, like... <sighs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's like there's so much hypocrisy and diametrically opposed concepts that we just go along with. Like, so religion, at least during the Judeo-Christian ethics of religion, a lot of the idea is live your life the right way and you'll be rewarded in the afterlife. Uh, and that's because there's a plan. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. A, some... set, a set thing, a set sort of um, a series of events and circumstances that are going to come to pass that we're, we're being hinted at and we've been given sort of some kind of heads up of what to look out for as the signs of when that happens. But all up until that does happen in a world where that much of reality is according to the will of something greater and it's all written down and has a path, we are also then given free will, which allows us to make choices, which I don't understand how that's possible if there's a destination that's already set in stone waiting for us. But I digress. But that's me questioning that right now. There are just thousands and thousands and probably millions of people out there that that immediate contradiction does not even bother them it does not even raise a red flag yeah. doesn't even take your 
foot off the gas. They're just like, whatever, man. Page one says this. Page two says this. Who fucking cares? Let's get to page three. And you know what I mean? It's like, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you're right back in. But you know like what? Schools. That brings us into one staying consistent with this part of the conversation with which yeah we do kind of jump from one topic to the other conflicting the same information and a lot of people can't handle that but then that comes down to what is the meaning of life ultimately if it turns out to be happiness those people who were just like fuck it the book said this and then it said that whatever that person is beating us in the fucking race and then that's fucked up because in the same information, it says, even if it doesn't matter, fuck you, because the purpose of life is then happiness. And we're fucking that up by questioning all the here's a solution for problems you'll never find solutions for. Be happy about it. The so, the the goal was given to us and we were like, nah, fuck this. We're going to question it and we're going to be paranoid and we're going to see through the lies. And it's like maybe the lies were put there to make us happy because the goal was happy. <laughs> or like what our true purpose is uh would be so intense for us to uh intellectualize that you know what if the sort of sinister side of the matrix like our bodies are being used for bioelectricity for robots you know all right let's say that's a metaphor for this sort of realm above ours or maybe a a different plane of existence that somehow is fueled by just the energy of our souls existing you know what i mean like what if our souls are the electricity in a battery for the next level up of the of of existence they don't want to cease existing but they also feel guilty about it so then they generate the pleasant parts around as much of the garbage as they can to kind of try to make us happy while they still are obligated to suck us dry. But they made both sides of it. They made the bad because it was necessary for their survival. But they make the good to kind of try to compensate for the fact that, hey, it sucks that we have to do this, but we have to do this. So here, here's some good times to make up for how much horrible you have to go through. Oh, this could be also why the portals that our people are accessing are either souped up or not, because like maybe it's actually like being in a prison on that next level up, like whatever the the uh, entities are in the realm that is, you know, where God exists and God, again, could just be the geometric. What was it? Geometric, omnipotent delineation fields. Yeah, like that. (laughs) I love doing that, like taking a word and turning it into an acronym to make the word like yo that shit just got way heavier um fuck i gotta remember that one and um and like whatever like being you know like you know like fallout how like uh or did you play fallout 4 the one where they were in the you know when you go into the fucking vault and then you go into the cryo chamber and then he watches his wife get murdered but like what if being in the cryo chamber is like using your life force to fuel whatever is going on like and we didn't know that you know like you're just like tricked into it because again and the other thing that i was going to say this is sort of like putting up by the <laughs> putting the point i'm making right now on pause just to also point out something else that you brought that the reason we're tangentially jumping to all these different things is because of the parallels that are becoming obvious and how they're all part of the same system of control whether it's politics whether you know or yeah. religion or education they're all coming down from a above right they're all coming from the top of the pyramid (laughs) and they're all coming from the top of the illuminati and so um 
there's some yeah, know, there's if, some kind of solidity to all the events because of that. I get it. And all and the similarities and how they all operate. You know, school is the same way as religion, is the same way as politics. You know, if they can if they can get you to if they can earworm, you know what I mean? Like the way a song can earworm its way into your head and just stay there. Well, if they can earworm the message points, if they can earworm oh the Oh my concepts. God, I see what you mean. You mean <laughs> we committed some crime in the higher universe. They then yes. put us in prison, connected us to this <laughs> matrix thing, and the punishment is whatever lesson they're teaching us through whatever we currently think is life. And so, like, someone like Donald Trump, he's not in the same, like, we're all in a vault from, in, like, Fallout 4, but he's in, like, an ivory tower, where it's, like, he still has to go into the thing because his, his powerful family is still part of this system that's fueling the next level up, but he's in a thing where, like, everything's automatically God code, you have the unlimited money code, except or that somebody finally... the degree of our crimes decides, and maybe we are, maybe he's like a lesser crime happening maybe people we see accomplish certain crazy feats are just crappy whacker criminals who on this end are giving a, a better chance uh to to kind of play the game you could decide hey i'm gonna be propaganda and whatever on the other side but i could be a michael jordan like my crimes aren't that bad i could be a michael jordan and based on your behavior within the system that they're trying to condition you with to prove that he did learn his lesson you know that's the whole point of the system to prove you did learn your lesson based on your behavior so let's say you're like a tiger woods and you start fucking up and then you know the game gets worse for you because yeah. you oh, proved you didn't yeah. learn the lesson yeah it's a sliding scale yes yeah, like it's lighter the more obedient you become thus they know when eventually when you hit a certain point they can disconnect you and you go up back to the but I, thing i also think that there's got to be something to the collectiveness of this and that's why they have things like the zeitgeist where it's like a certain level of base knowledge that all minds could access because then you could have things where it's like if the majority of people who are connected to the system are actually living good lives and that doesn't necessarily mean following a religious structure it just means like you're not a rapist you're not a murderer you're just kind of doing your own thing you're following your principles you have a good moral compass all the shit that we would consider the te the archetypal signs of a character who's a good guy or a hero character um as long as the majority of the world is people like that things will be good but once we start to get these like waves or these spikes where like more of the consciousness of people connected to the system or shitbags like Donald Trump, then the world itself starts to kind of feel like it's falling apart. You know what yeah. I mean? It's almost like uh um a lot of those prophecy type movies where it's like, oh enough souls have put like you know like um the box, the fucking guy who did Donnie Darko, that movie he did called The Box, where it's like if you open the box and push the button you'll get like a million dollars, but you'll have to do something like murder somebody that you don't know. And everybody eventually pushes the bot the button because they need the fucking money. And the guy who shows up to drop the bot the box with the button off at your house at some point towards the end of the movie, he says something to the one guy like, 
you know, the test will end when your people stop pushing the fucking button. But so many of you keep pushing the goddamn button. It's not looking too good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like almost like there's this one final round of testing going on. And if we keep failing it, your world is going to be destroyed, whether it's by aliens or whatever. And I think in that movie, they implied it was by aliens. But I've always wondered that like, I think it's an interesting concept if that's in play in this same type of scenario we're describing with this sort of virtual prison that we're all stuck in. Yeah, that we're all just just keep pressing the fucking button. We all. But here's the thing. What if that is what's happening? And rather than the the system being destroyed, it's just the entire system in one shot gets freed if you guys stop pressing the button and the button is doing bad things, but there's too many of us that continue to do bad things. Let's assume our higher dimension. We really are all the same people somewhere in a higher dimension, right? We're all the same guy. We're all the same girl. We're genderless. We're all the same thing. And that punishment of that thing is to be connected to the system where its own thoughts its own brain literally conflicts with itself and goes to war trying to make peace what if this entire thing is just the disciplinary action of one single thing and trump is just this particularly bad part of it that's going crazy and it's being focused on too yes. by whatever the experiment is like the idea of you know we finally had the first african-american president and that was just kind of like Almost like the system said, all right, now let's see if we go completely the other fucking way. Like that was a very huge sign of progress as far as humanity goes. You know what I mean? And I mean, again, I, I hate to use America as sort of America for us. America is the signal for how society is, Amer you know, human society is doing. If like the aliens watching say, if America stays okay, we won't, we won't hit the reset button. But once America starts to go back to the way it was when it first started, fuck, we're going to just nuke it. We're just done. And so it's sort of would it would support the idea that there's this other sort of consciousness at play because it would then say, all right, well, we have that. Now let's see what happens if we bring some old shit back. <laughs> and, and it just says, all right, now let's focus on like the, the modern version of all these sort of representations of like the worst of humanity that have come before. And the only thing I guess in some ways, I feel like what's neat about the way it's happening now, not that there's anything neat about it, but that we at least have Facebook as much as it's played into part of the issue, you have enough people going, all right, look, this is clearly some shit that went down before and we have to stand up to this. And I feel like that's why you're having these like huge like, like uprisings of people. Yeah, like the protests are like fucking like undeniable. Like you could see them from space. You know what I mean? And so it's interesting if we're all part of the same thing. <laughs> that there has to it shows that there are there are parts of it that have that altruism. But yeah, there are still, parts of it that are still good and want to be good, and that's why they haven't canceled the system. But it's got the yin and yang yeah. connection to these like ultimately shitty parts that somehow still keep getting their moment in the light. I don't know what the fuck is going to need to be done about that, but something. If that was the case, if that was really the case, we'd have to get pretty dark on the dark sides in order to sure. leave only the good sides, which means all the good sides would have to experience darkness in the first place thus making them more capable of darkness and i'm sure some of those parts will get corrupted and then you got to repeat that to get rid of the corrupted well the parts. idea too if if all the darkness goes away 
is that a guarantee that there won't be something or someone who's born within the sort of era of light, <laughs> if we want to put it that way, yeah. who won't be born with the immediate knowledge of like, hey, why is it so fucking bright in here? Why don't we like take a shit on the walls and get this thing to darken up a little bit? You know, that's the like, real problem, isn't really... it? Because if we somehow do reach the level of peace and happiness and goodness that we're looking for, and somebody, <laughs> a single anyone, suddenly realizes, hey, it doesn't have to be this way. I am aware that I can deceive these people because the conditioning, after long enough, becomes. You know, this is just what it is. This is the normal. Somebody doing something which would be considered dark in this case would fly right over their heads. They wouldn't even know they're being easily manipulated because they don't register that concept at all. They got normalized and disappeared somewhere. Well, that also doesn't take into effect, uh, into account things that are sort of, I guess, naturally occurring, like psychopathy and sociopathy, like people who either don't have apathy for others or do and understand right and wrong but don't care you know what i mean like there's there's that which i mean i guess there's a certain amount of debate to be had about whether that's all nurture versus nature and if one could cancel the other out but it does seem the same way that neo was is a sort of inevitability of math and having uh um like leftover <laughs> What do they call it? It was like sort of he was like the culmination of decimal points. You know what I mean? Like the small little bits that would get fucked up through a series of millions and millions of equations. You would be left over with these like, oh, we have a bunch of human traits and abilities that have formed into a person and that that can affect and manipulate the system. Hmm. Like that's just going to happen because of the nature of math. You're a remainder. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're the remainder of of the probability uh, causality equation needed to make reality work. So, it would stand to reason that if there's an anomaly that's in the good light, you know, Smith, I guess, was supposed to be the same thing in the bad light, right? If that was the case, just by the idea of the logic of math. That means that our DNA, because it's a series of equations, right? It's like a amino acids that just wind up in different, you know, combinations. Somewhere in those combinations are these traits of like, you know, self-aggrandizement, uh, self-righteous indignation, flat-out bigotry, and racism. Um, and maybe they didn't have names. Maybe we gave them those names, but they definitely exist. They're inherent parts of being human it would seem man install instilling silence across the internetica it said it's kind of profound though all of it always but specifically that idea that you know we're all kind of in this unknown thing where we are sort of the the conditioning is going forward and everything is part of the system and uh the neo is somebody who learned how to break into the system, but it works the same way as like a demigod having abilities or a developer with abilities to affect how the rules of the world work. And maybe there could be two different developers and one designs the rules so that the people follow the rules, but then that other guy just gets bored and he has a character that's totally modded so he can conflict with the system's rules without affecting other people and making other people lag or have special abilities. It like all stays so consistent across that 
just the, again, the fact that it doesn't look impossible puts the question as to whether it is simply because it is possible, just not likely. Right. <laughs> but, like, you can't say with any real, real certainty yeah. that it's not possible. And if it's not possible, then by that definition, it is possible. And by allowing that possibility to exist, your mind has to then be open to other things that at one time it was not only intellectually and socially acceptable to laugh off. We literally did not have the technological advancement to prove it. So because of that, it was unprovable. And so it was probably easier to laugh about certain things. But now to be able to to try and just like ignore <laughs> things because you don't like the way words work. That's why I, I always one of my favorite things to say to people now, especially after I hear them uh, arguing politics. And they say like, well, why, you know, how are you able to kind of just like, you know, you know, maintain your position and not listen to any of the other things people are saying. And I go, cause words mean things. So when somebody says something to me like fake news or alternative fact, I just look at them and I say, I know what those fucking words mean. And already it means I don't have to listen to anything you're about to say. And because you've decided to ascribe to a different version of reality, you've chosen to ascribe to a, a reality that you perceive where these things are no longer universal truths. And I'm still stuck over here where like a fact is a fucking fact. All right. And news is news. And unless you have actual opposing evidence, just claiming it's fake doesn't make it go away. But we've somehow entered an era where people either forgot that words mean things or are so fucking arrogant that they think only their words mean things. So if they say fake news, then the news is fake. You know, or if they say they're presenting an alternative fact, well, what they have is just as legitimate as what we all, the rest of us yep. in the normal thinking world, be held as a fact. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly the fucking same. Because they didn't prove shit. We didn't prove shit either, but we're going off of the same shit they're going off of. So why do they think one of those versions is completely accurate? Why are they going to stand there and argue an entire, no, but he did this because of that, and that's why it was good, or he did this because of... Who the fuck cares? We neither. I didn't prove my side. You didn't prove your side. Neither side is right. Neither side is wrong. We have about as much truth between the two of us as we would have by ourselves. But it's different when someone is looking at the same piece of evidence as you and is trying to say, no, that's not what you're seeing. And you're like, but no, my eyes are seeing it. And so is everybody else's eyes who are seeing it. And all the eyes that have seen it throughout human history up until now always said that is green. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is an agreed upon concept. It's already been established. So if you're going to turn around and start saying, no, we've always driven on the red light. Like, well, that's the, it's not an alternative fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's not a fact at all. It's, it's not any thing. kind of fact. It's just <laughs> words that don't mean things. You can't combine the words alternative and fact and have whatever follows them be true it's literally not possible <laughs> of all the possible ways to use the word literally it's one of the most appropriate times it is literally not possible to have an alternative fact because yeah. if it's fact it's fact no matter what if it's fact it's because it's been proven down to the core but then let's look at something for example like a mountain and just say, hey, Mount Everest is there. We can go and look at Mount Everest. Let's assume we've all gone to see Mount Everest, right? 
We've all mm-hmm. personally seen Mount Everest. Mount Everest is a mountain. Mount Everest is nothing but an illusion. Now, I can say that Mount Everest is a mountain. I've seen it there. But what's the difference between illusion and mountain? And is the illusion an alternate fact if I can't prove that it's a mountain against the illusion? What if the illusion is just good enough for the mountain to feel and look like a mountain, but it's not because the illusion itself is conveying that towards me? So now it's both a mountain, but it's an illusion. Or it's not a mountain at all, and it's only an illusion. Where is the contention that it's an illusion coming from, though? Is that from one person disagreeing with everybody else that it's a mountain and saying that it's an illusion? Let's say that everybody sees it. Let's say everybody sees the mountain for a fact, and then one person says it's not. It doesn't matter where the information came from. They had the inkling. Can we then prove that it is not if the illusion, mm. if it turned out to be an illusion and the illusion was just elaborate enough to convince everybody looking at it? Is it then not? Is it, is it, is the only fact then, let's just assume but this is actually happening. And is the only fact then that it is an illusion or is it an alternative version of the fact? And it is a mountain, but it is an illusion. Or the illusion of a mountain. Well, I think then what, what would that would lead us to then discussing the definition of illusion? Because if someone's going to try to claim that it's an illusion, and by illusion they just mean it's a pile of dirt that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a mountain, then we have to start. You know, you mean like we have to start dissecting how any of our words interact with each other let's say there's literally nothing there if the illusion was gone it would be a giant flat plain grassland but there's a mountain there instead because of the illusion though there's an illusion there and there's nothing but that illusion you don't see the grass plain there's not really a set of rocks there but if you were to go over there and touch it that illusion is programmed to make you in every single way Feel the mountain. You can walk up the mountain based on it. But you know it's not there. But you also know it sort of is because all the properties tell you it's there. Is it then an so alternate? Then how, do you know that, how do you know that it's not there, though? If all, of your, if all of your tools of perception and your senses are telling you that it's there, the only way that you would even be able to entertain the concept that it wasn't there was that someone is trying to convince you that it's not there. Let's say you and could only... prove it's not. You can totally because the point here is what's the I don't know. You have a, a, a you have a machine that looks like an old school Game Boy, and the, it has a camera in the back. And when you aim that camera at whatever, it it just has the lens to show you truth. So you aim the phone the mountain and you see nothing but grassland but you go over and touch and you have proven this machine on everything and it works if you could break it now you don't know how to break this illusion and nobody knows how to break this illusion but you can prove that it is an illusion now you go over there and you touch the mountain and there is a mountain to anybody who touches the mountain there is a mountain everything on the mountain behaves like a mountain all the properties of the mountain are there except you also know it is an illusion is it just an illusion of a mountain or is it a mountain and the illusion of a mountain thus there is a alternative fact that would be an alternative way to say the same thing because it's not like it's not real right it's is it true i think 
what you're describing is the exact conditions of the simulated reality existing because there's something about that patch of the geography right. that has been programmed to tell our senses and the senses of anything that observe it that there is a mountain there yeah. to the point where if you walk over and touch it, you'll touch it, you'll be able to walk up it. And if you go up it, the conditions of the atmosphere will change as you get higher. The yeah, air will yeah. get thinner and the pressure will get less and less. So, But what you're able to use your technology to do is to break down the illusion of the simulation to see the what they call the loading area or the fucking uh, the, um, the blunt projection form. Yeah. yeah, upon which the entire rendition of our reality is rendered against so i think that argument exactly is the argument of whether or not reality is a physical tangible manifest thing if atoms and molecules all actually exist or if they are just representations of all the electrons um of a digital or virtual in some way that's not Ooh, digital that's that we don't weird. understand because then the question um, becomes if you were to aim that if you were to aim that game boy anywhere else right and the camera shows you everything else being real and only that mountain disappears and you have no idea where that illusion is coming from and you just see a grass patch on the other side of that do you then still question whether the technology of your machine is just so primitive you can't see the other illusions because just because you can see through the mountains illusion doesn't mean that you can see through all of them. Maybe you're just off enough and the mountain is some sort of gap in the technology that allows you to somehow see Or it's it. a mod. It's a mod that was an unofficial mod or what, you know what I mean? Like, it's like there are certain things that are later updates to the original program. And maybe that technology is only letting you see back to a certain version number you know what oh, i mean wow it's weird that technology you made could do something like that i mean yeah so you'd be pretty much breaking reality type of thing like the object you made is somehow glitched wow that's really that? so then the question becomes can from within the system we create a glitch strong enough to affect the code and if that's possible that's the key to breaking it and kind of being a trump or being a, a michael jordan you know maybe it's mm. a matter of finding a way to Maybe we go up and down on the side of the island and we catch the glitch Pokemon. You know, maybe there's a way to do that in the real world. And we're just not getting how it works from within the game because that game came like that. Nobody had to input a code or anything. It was bugged out. You would just go down there and do it. And then you catch the Pokemon. There was an existing bug. And if we, from within the system, somehow manage to, let's say, capture this bug and then use it to our advantage. What happened in Pokemon when you catch that? You kind of break the game a little. It's an overpowered Pokemon, or you can do weird things with your other Pokemons, give them different abilities and garbage like that. So you get to break the game. What if we could? But part of the programming is to make us think we can't, so that we don't try to break the physics. They want us to believe in the god in contrast to the devil and keep us there instead of aim at the stars, or vice versa. And maybe magic is fucking real and they're trying to distract us with fucking science and the way to break the code is really to figure out how the spells really work and fix the fabric of everything. But well, I mean, there's a, this thing, you know, called the placebo effect where, you know, if you tell one group of people that they're taking this awesome, amazing medicine and that it's going to cure everything that ails them 
and you're just giving them a sugar pill and then you take the next group and you just tell them, hey, we're giving you this thing. We don't know what it is. See what happens. Like the people could have been dying of serious diseases in that first group and they just from believing that they're taking something that will cure them, their body will heal itself. So that speaks to an awful lot of ideas of our perception being more powerful than we realize and the world in which our perception is existing being somewhat malleable according to that perception. That definitely brings so, us back to the monks and meditation. The fact yeah, that they unlock their mind and they can do miracles happen. What if Trump is just a super monk? Nobody said a monk had to be a good guy. Well, I think the idea of enlightenment was supposed to be that you move beyond the primitiveness of uh, violence and bigotry and div divisiveness, you know, but... Um, I'm not enlightened, point, I don't know. You know <laughs> I'm not enlightened, do I don't know. Arch, arch villains do sort of come out of the woodwork of... Uh, the same cloth that creates the heroes, right? So yeah, let's look at Joker. Is the Joker bad? The human, yeah, we've already established that human DNA as a collective has within it um, the anomaly of sort of morally corrupt and evil traits. So, but we made up. Hmm. Or it was made up for us. It was probably made up for us, right? Like, if this is a whole fucking system, regardless of what shape it might be, digital or fucking some kind of cage we're in. The thing that we think is morality is part of the brainwashing. It's part of the, like, so our whole ability to do good or evil is equal to everything else's ability to do good and evil. They just want us to do whatever they said is good in necessity for whatever they're doing. Again, what if they're just getting us to have calm time so that they could disrupt us and suck out energy? What if you do get people together to feel good on fucking... Christmas. Everybody comes together and has the fucking the celebration and then you do slam a plane into a couple of buildings a couple of months later, you know? Just to generate that, you're all safe and comfortable. And oh my god, terror and fear, and then, oh, you're all safe and comfortable. Oh my god, there's a war happening. Oh, what the fuck? And right now, we just have the master of emotions happening. This is like some I mean, drastic time, and they brought in Trump, the ace, in the hole. They're like, we need somebody to come and stir shit up. We need all the emotions. We got to summon the fucking devil, or we got to we gotta do – there's a meteor coming, and our magic isn't strong enough. We need to fucking do something. And so they bring in Trump, and he generates all the energy. He's probably going to take us into a couple of wars. There's a bunch of crates – Blood will be spilled. Happiness and sadness everywhere. All at the rise of Trump. Countries repel and countries spiral into war. And we got conflict with everybody. Everybody's in tension everywhere all the time. Just because Trump moved around a little. And it's like, he's the ace in the hole. Whoever the hell is over the wall, whoever the fuck is in space, whoever's in the center of the galaxy or the center of the fucking Earth, whoever the fuck is controlling the show was like, hey guy, we know your potential. We let you be untouchable, but you got to do these couple of things. And when we say puppet, we're thinking about the wrong thing. We're thinking puppet of the Putins and puppet of the of these motherfuckers and the business guys and this and that. But that's the illusion they want us to believe. That's, that's what's fed to us so that we don't realize, no, you're right about the puppet part. Your feeling is right. The reason we're giving you is what's bullshit. But you ate any reason because it justified your feeling. When the truth is, we needed him to do this. 
Because we're pulling something greater, but we're the fucking Illuminati, and I'm Santa Claus, the guy who runs it. Oh, mm-hmm. hail Santa. And so and all people who just follow the rules and obey will be rewarded with an abundance of presents every yep. year on the day that we update the software. Oh, my freaking <laughs> God. New year, new me, but it's just because they're updating us. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Would It's interesting that, you know, they they have these sort of tentpole moments like I I hate to say this, but I've always thought to myself every year since 9-11, like. The year something major happens on Christmas is the year that it's really like, all right, now we're in it. World War Three has just started for real. You know what I mean? Like this was the sign because every year I keep thinking, I'm like, you know, the Super Bowl has so many people that would be a, a, you know, a high value target or just the fact that like Christmas, everybody's in that mentality of it's safe. I'm home with family. And again, you know, I, I would imagine I would hope that people hearing this are not going, oh, my God, these motherfuckers, they just think Christmas is the be all end all. I'm telling you from my fucking perspective, guys out there in listener land, like apply the same fucking attitude towards your shit. Like, I'm yes, <laughs> your holidays, you have the same sense of community and family and safety and like, you know, um, yeah, it's just the, all those generated under the like, same idea. It seems to be, though, that those time of years, everything slows down, you know, like. Businesses are closed. Same thing with Thanksgiving. You know, how come that Macy's Day Parade is still... I mean, I'm sure all of our events have so much amped up safety and security that that's probably partly why. But in general... Think about it, dude. Think of these parades with hundreds of thousands of people gathering in small spots. They're training us to think it's okay all the time. So that it can happen, it's regularly happening. There's a million, billion, trillion parades happening across the country all the time. Happening across the planet all the time where hundreds of thousands of people get together. And nothing happens. It makes us comfortable with them. We trust going to these things. So that when they do need something, oh, there's a, in Africa, there's this one happening. You can, uh, you need how many souls? You need how much blood spilled? Oh, you could just go take that parade out. If you ever needed that many people in a swift, sweet, you could drop a nuke. Easy. Easy. Oh, clean it all out. Kill all of them. And then what? You got hundreds of thousands of people who gather. Millions? New York City parades. Millions of people in the streets? Hit Tokyo on a parade day. You can do this easily. And people need to understand that they can apply that, like you said, to their own thing, to their own holiday. It's all part of the same thing. They're celebrating things. They're coming together and they're, they're judging the other side, thinking you and I, the, the three of us are in here crazy as hell. They, oh my God, they're going they, like you said, be all end all. It's a Christmas is a, no, but it's one of the many for a reason. It happens yeah. straight through the year. It's just one of them. And it's just a way to get people together and have them either, I, under this logic, I actually think that emotion might be more powerful than blood. Because. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we collect a lot more blood more easily and we take our time with the emotional stuff. It requires some kind of regulation and the output seems to be nuts. They're generating crazy amounts of it in one burst rather than a consistent. Because you can put us all in an up and down consistently. That's a real thing you could do every couple of years. Throw a maniac into office and send everybody to war. We're all intentioned. And send everybody back home. Everybody's now a con. But there's something about kind of putting it and taking your time and like 
like making a turkey. You want it well. You want to season it the right way. You want it to be just right when you cook that motherfucker. You know? And then, <laughs> then it's the time to fucking eat it. And that's what they're doing with us. That's sort of kind of mushing it and working it out. But with all these different holidays and the conditioning of time and making it look safe. And they squeeze out our emotion because the emotion is worth more than the wars that cause blood. There's massive blood. But emotional holidays probably generate more. Which is why they'd sooner have us debate the war than allow us a discussion about a religion. Because the holidays are backed by religion, and the emotion matters more than the blood. And it's also to keep coming back to little things, like they're supposed to hint at what's really going on, you know? Look at, like, Elf, you know? How they had to get everybody to have Christmas spirit at the end to keep Santa's sleigh off the ground. It Like, there are all these little signals that, like, hey... Our collective consciousness is valuable, and that's why they're trying to control the way it operates or control at least the sort of emotional range that it stays in. And if there's enough anger and negativity and fear going on at once, you have turbulent times like we have now, you know, and it's and it's hard to get people out of that mode to be able to counteract it by like being more compassionate and caring and love and it's funny that we'll do it over capitalist christmas you know what i mean yeah like like, keep the fat man slay off the ground but like when it comes to like well hey can we give everybody fucking health care can we make sure people aren't dying in their fucking sleep because they have no food you know i mean like can we like actually pretend all of us who are so fucking pious and religious that we actually give a shit about the other people that our religions all tell us to care about. You know, it's, it's, it's an interesting fucking thing. If everything like, let's just, just for hypothetical sake, if everything we've touched on in this conversation were true, and there's been enough evidence pointed to throughout the whole thing <laughs> to say that that's plausible. Yeah. What does that mean? Does that mean that it's really, you know, like the day when weed is legalized from coast to coast and everybody has one giant celebratory toke together? Are we all going to sit back and go, oh, holy fuck, this is what it's like when we're all chilled out, man? Fuck. You know what I mean? And then nobody's angry at each other anymore. And all of a sudden the sunlight just lights up the whole world and everybody's happy oh forever. My you know God. what I mean? Like, dude. The same way they manipulated the marijuana at the beginning to cause wars by taking them from people and allowing this sort of relaxation thing to go away, the hippie era to sort of be suppressed. By doing that successfully, they caused wars. You know, blood. It was the necessary thing. But they're like, hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. What are we doing? We can generate emotion, and that's better. What do we do? Broke. Everybody stoned first. Then everybody kind of becomes agreeable the way they were before when they had it and we took it away to create mass emotion. And then we take it away and cause a tragedy. And then their emotions go fucking haywire. And we can drain that and use that emotion. And all we have to do is control the amount of weed they get. Oh, it's that time. Let's start legalizing weed again. Yeah, man. I mean, shit. Ecstasy used to be legal a long time ago. Word, really? 
Yeah, like in the 60s and 70s, it was like a it was prescribed by therapists. You could get it over the counter at bars in California and then it became illegal. It became a scheduled substance. But yeah, it's this it's definitely all plays into control. <laughs> Isn't that the whole control. thing? And we don't even know what real control is. We just have our understanding within the cage of what the real control is. Well, for me, my mind says even the assholes who are trying to control us, they think they know what they're doing. Yes, but, but even they don't know what the something. fuck they're doing. Because let's say devil is short for developer and the developer is taking orders from the guy who we call God who created the mainframe for the system in the first place, the engine it's running on. God created the engine, the tools, and the developer uses that. The God in this case just works for a fucking company. And that company is run by somebody who has some other concept of the equivalent of what we think is money is what he has on his end. And that guy is just trapped in some sort of capitalistic system in which he doesn't really know the higher workings of. And the people who do know the higher workings of the politicians and shit controlling the flow of money and doing they're only doing it because there's some overarching control factor from a religion or something. And the people in those religions are just thinking they're doing it right because there's allegedly a god somewhere controlling the rules. Full circle. I mean, what is their concept of God? Like, what is the thing that created the ge- geometric, omnipotent delineation field <laughs> of their end? <laughs> like, who's his boss? You know what I mean? Like, there's God. And that's what, for me, it will always lead to with these things, too, is like, it'll keep going higher and higher and higher. Like, okay, well, what does God exist in? You know, who built that world? Why? What was his purpose? Why was God created? What created God? You know what I mean? it's like and what created that thing you know it's it at some point i would think there has to be some kind of edge to all of this but you know it's it's fucking nuts when you think about it it's that we partly don't know what we are because we don't know how vast space is we don't know what's going on you know but somehow in the middle of all that netflix was created you know what i mean yeah it's it's just like how can there be this thing with no purpose but inside it we're doing things like hey uh we're creating movies which in i mean in some way is like super advanced cave paintings and it's our way of trying to establish some level of becoming god right because we're trying to say well we're creating a reality that we have complete control over we manipulate the picture of what people see and when other people watch this we have for uh you know two hours complete control of their emotions and and we've got the focus of their attention you know what i mean it's almost like we're trying to replicate god a lot of the endeavors we have i think as humans i think the entire concept of creation is us simply trying to understand god really i think creation is really really ultimately if we break it down to its ultimate parts it is a spiritual experience in which you are trying to play the part of God. And we get to understand through creation, because it's literally that's what it is. We're creating something. We're being God. We get to understand even literally why God had to take a break after he created. And why he only yeah. made a part at a time. Like it's literally us just following the steps that God made to create the world. Right. We're taking our time. We're making the, okay, the body, the planet. This is what our planet, these are the rules of the planet. Okay, here's some characters for that. Okay, here are the events those characters are going to go through now. Okay, let me add some fluff over here to explain that and fluff over there, but let me take a break in between so that I can keep doing this. It's all the same shit.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, the philosophy of Christmas, ain't that some shit? It's scary. It's horrifying, because when you really break it down, I mean, you were there. I was there. Yeah, it kind of, it really does. It gets scary, because it looks like everything we do is, uh, heavily capitalistic. We're all, everything is money-based. There's nothing that's not. No holiday just comes from a real, we want to, at least not in, not in the United States of America. It feels very, that, what is it, Full Metal Alchemist-like, where we just want blood and... Yeah, it really (laughs) does. It it looks really scary. It's kind of weird. And again, like we're talking about in the episode, the fact that it looks tangible, like it, it, it looks like it could have a little weight to it. That's scary. It shouldn't look like that at all. It should be like, this is clearly nuts. But the fact that the you could you could haze out the lines and it looks like the same picture suddenly. It's like, what the fuck? Why, though? But it's like, why do you have this kind of pressure? Yo, people will celebrate Christmas, whether it makes them broke, whether it makes them miserable. They do it not wanting to. It's involuntary. We feel obligated to sort of participate in these rituals and not just christmas but thanksgiving and new years and fourth of july and all these different emotional roller coasters and we have all these traditions for life and death and different kind of emotions that go with it sometimes we have traditions of just sadness let's remember and be sad and we have traditions of just joy let's let's share and feel safe and feel happy they're milking us for that Mm -hmm. and then the tragedies like we're discussing war in here what is the point of war Giant sacrifice in in high enough numbers it builds up. Yeah, there's the regular murders here, regular murders there, you know, over here. And blah, the blah, mo- blah. emotions, those deaths cause. The emotions, those deaths cause. We're, cause. we're caught in a whammy. If any of that turns out to be true, we're caught in a fucked up whammy mm-hmm. of just like whatever the whatever the true bigger picture looks like. We, we're not even a little sure of what that might be. No. <laughs> yeah, it's Oops. crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Someone will find the solution. <laughs> so what do you think? Santa might be the devil? Is the devil? Probably is. Totally. But at least my argument has... has or he's Jesus. It could be they Jesus. might be the same person. Or the, like Lucifer and Jesus could be like closer related than Brothers. God and devil, you know? Yeah. It could just be like that guy. Fuck that guy. But you know this Jesus guy that I like, you guys should like him. But that devil guy who... uh, No, no. I don't like him. I don't like him. Don't listen. To, don't listen to him. And then that comes back to the trees. You don't want us to have knowledge. Why can't we eat from the tree of knowledge? There's this tree of fucking life we never got to eat from. What would that be? What did we miss out on by not eating from the tree of life? Immortality? Was that it? I don't know. Because I thought they would be immortal. They were, they were allegedly immortal so... already, and they didn't even need to eat from the tree of life. So what the fuck is the tree of life? They were already immortal. Or they weren't. Were they? Okay, fair sure? enough. Maybe they weren't immortal. Maybe the story... Uh, let's assume the fucking Bible was written by a person. And that maybe it was based on something true. But the details got fuzzed up. Mm-hmm. And maybe they weren't immortal. Maybe the, the deal is... You eat from one of the trees. There's two trees. You eat from one of the trees. And people are like, oh, we picked the wrong one. And that's why we're like, you know, they're punished for eating from the knowledge tree. Or maybe it's they made a choice. Would have rathered immortality. Yeah. Everybody rathered immortality. But these two enlightened beings of pure goodness in a garden of pure holiness were like knowledge over immortality. Whoa. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a whole other look on that knowledge over immortality. Are those are the only trees. Those on the third tree, some third magical tree. Nope. Oh, okay. as far as we know, I mean, maybe I wasn't in that garden. There's probably trees everywhere. There's probably normal trees. Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they didn't have anything. Like, why would they end up eating the one thing they're not supposed to? How I close was know. that to them? Why was it so close to them? Why were they made close? Like, how big is very the garden? Small? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the question. How big is this garden that there was one fucking tree they couldn't eat from? Because then the question is, were they just hanging out by that tree all the time? How small was the garden? Were they just always there? Because if the garden was big enough, if the garden is like a, an took, island. It like, days to get there. Like the yeah. snake was leading them there and they got to know each other and go on adventures and get to learn, know the snake. And we're like, we, he wouldn't lie to us. He's our friend. He saved us a few times and stuff like that. Cause- <laughs> that could totally be it. Because when you think about it, we're, we're looking at a summary. It's giving us quick shots of everything and so we assume it all happened immediately yeah but it could be like he saw them across the planet he's like hey look i'm gonna take you guys and you guys are gonna know the truth now and fucking on a three-year journey to the fruit yeah and then they like, ate that makes it more sense then, than like oh this random snake is talking to me i haven't met a random talking snake before but i think i'm gonna trust apple. this snake yeah. even though god said already not to do that i believe maybe 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 adam and eve had no idea god was there maybe they had no clue yeah maybe there was no snake convincing them then there was no oh, trees, or you think... The no, there's probably there. a tree. They just ate from a fucking tree. It just happened to be that tree. Maybe they ate from a bunch of different trees. Maybe there was just this tiny little garden. They'd lived there forever, and they ate from the one tree. And then they were let out? <laughs> then they were like, you guys ate from the tree. You're punished. And they're like, wait, what? And like, yeah. It's like, I thought you love everybody. No, that's not right. I love some people some of the time. But you can love the gay people in the future? No. You can love people who don't believe in you? No! You're gonna believe people who, who steal? No! You're gonna believe people who lie? No! But who do you love? Everyone. What? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of contradictions going on. A lot. Yeah. But that's the Christmas way. That's, yeah, that's Christmas. That's Christmas. Christmas is a giant contradiction. It doesn't make any sense. It's just a weird... Mar- it makes sense if you think of it as like a marketing ploy. It's just... Yeah, and parents use it more just, I guess, for their children to behave a little nice for a little while for, like, December. Yeah. They have it's a like, month to pretend to be nice. Get to, to get meet your family. You, you Because, yeah, we're, fair enough. They get a whole month that the kid's going to be good. And not only that, but they get to, they get reasoning for why the kids should behave themselves during a family gathering. Today's the gift today. You want gifts? You, you, you nice. know, you get you stay in control today, mm-hmm. and then during a family it event, works. Hey, it works. Sort of. Kids want to keep their shit together. I want gifts. Yeah, but then that's a problem. This country's based on lies. Like, that whole holiday is a well, allegedly Christian. It's pagan. Let's be real. It's a pagan holiday, and that pagan holiday is founded on lies. At least for Christians. It's founded on a series of lies about a fat dude who breaks into your house, gives you gifts, then leaves. When everybody knows the parents did that, they don't even know why they're lying to their kids themselves. Oh, but, you know, they deserve a childhood. A childhood isn't a need lies. You can, yeah, why do you they have a need imaginary characters? It's because people don't know how to raise their kids. But they don't want to be told they don't know how to raise their kids. People want to not know how to raise their kids without that being acknowledged. 
And I'm like, yeah, fucking course I know how to write. No, you don't. You no don't. one does. No one does. That's the one and only true. But people suck, man. Yeah, so happy holidays, people. Yeah, that's the truth, bro. Happy holidays. That's the fact rot of there. Yeah, so... It's fair enough. Look, it is kind of scary. Because what if we aren't like a giant fucking full metal alchemist stone-making circle and like, we're not. Holy grounds, we send people overseas to holy grounds to wage wars, but we don't have any wars happening here unless it's in, what, Native American holy ground. We move those people out. We want those lands for whatever purposes we have, and we go invade other lands, but again, Turkey's getting shafted and nobody's over there. Why? There's no holy ground there. Nobody cares. But go in Iraq where there's mad temples. Ooh, why why can we so easily invade people? They don't even have things. We're going there and attacking people who are innocent half the time. For what? Why are we spilling blood there? Why do we go to these other countries, the Middle Eastern countries, the origin of life countries, and spill blood? Because there's holiness to spill blood over. Why is Jerusalem and the Egypt area and all these places on shake? Because that's where the holy grounds are. Mm -hmm. So take the lives where? Where does the blood need to be spilled? Where the holy grounds are. We're accomplishing something. We're feeding Satan or we're feeding the lizard people. Jesus. Or we're feeding Jesus. Jesus wants us to he drink came blood. Back. Anyways, that has been the Just Conversation podcast. Guys, take nothing personal. We got some plugs here for you. You can find Dave at the Hollow Nine Network. That is H O L L O W 9 I N E dot com. You can find a series of podcasts, everything this man has been working on, his empire slowly builds and morphs into this complex creature that breathes life of its own. And uh, you can find all his work there. Look for Tangent City, particularly Great Crown Jewel. If you like this show, you'll love that show. Follow us at the uh, official Twitter at The Great Thought. And the podcast got a new Twitter thing, too, if you want to follow, at JustConvoPod. Yes, and you can follow the uh, GreyThoughts.info official uh, Facebook group. You can have, you can post, uh, you know, poetry and writing and stuff there. You can go talk to us there. You can whatever. You can also go like the, uh, the GreyThoughts.info page on Facebook. You can visit our website. Of course, greatthoughts.info. Yes. And uh, you can find this podcast pretty much anywhere the fuck you want. It just keeps ending on more places. I don't know how they're doing that. I don't know what they connect it to. It just happens. And uh, we and you can find, find out later. Clips on Facebook and Twitter and all those places. You can, yes. If you don't oh, have time for this, yes, you can go perfect. there and find some clips and stuff. Love that you brought that up. On the Twitter for the just conversation podcast on the instagram for the just conversation podcast which is the gt jcp you can find some clips you'll find uh in igtv uh the instagram television uh you can see up to 10 minute uh, long clips of random episodes that i have been putting up we'll continue to put them up over time and you can also see a uh, minute long fun pieces of conversation that go up as well and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all the good stuff. Uh, remember to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. You can do so on the greatthoughts.info website slash podcast. There's a little click 
uh, subscribe button through the RSS feed. You can go subscribe to us on iTunes. If you're subscribed to us on iTunes, uh, review, comment, tell us what you think about the show. Give us topics you'd like us to discuss. That would be lovely. We'll discuss whatever you guys offer because what we do is philosophize and turn it into giant jokes. That would be so fun. Yeah, so give us some topics and we'll uh, we'll try to break apart with our brains whatever you want to know about as if we already know what we're talking about. So yeah, rate and review the show and uh, let someone who might be into it know about it. Tell somebody about the show. Yeah, that random person that you met a long time ago. Yes. You saw that random person. 23 years ago, that person you saw on the train. Mm -hmm. Just go find them and hand them the show. And be like, hey, this is for you. But I don't even like philosophy. It's fine. It's not really philosophy. It is, but it's not. Enjoy. And then they'll go listen to it. And that's how it works, guys. And I am glad you listened to that clip. I hope you enjoy this has been the Just Conversation podcast. Take nothing personal. Thank you for listening. And goodbye. Bye. And Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday and Happy New Year and all that yes. stuff. Yes, all that good stuff. And you will hear from us again, I guess, in a week. Or tomorrow or in a few minutes if you'd like to like replay the next episode. And it's been I a guess. while, you know, like yeah. you saved all a bunch and now you're just... Yeah, because technically we're in the past anyways. There could be yeah. 400 million in front of this, but there could be one. Yeah, there could be none. This could be, they could be listening to this for the first time, and there's nothing in front of it. And if you are somehow at the end of this, and you're listening to this for the first time, and you're like, wow, this is great. Yeah, it is. Subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, this has been the Just Conversation Podcast. Thank you for listening. Take nothing personal. Bye, guys. Bye. is heaven and that is written in biblical text is heaven the matrix heaven is the matrix well they're one it's, it's the you can say thing. it either way and it means the same thing well exactly is heaven the matrix okay that's the place we go after death though yeah or that's a separate place like what does that relate to earth I well mean, the matrix and heaven are both like are they separate from this no earth, i mean i guess they're so like, it's how do I put it? If you had a... Please, am I not in the Matrix until I die and then I'm in the Matrix? Or only if I go to heaven after death, I'm in the Matrix? But if I go to hell or limbo or whatever, I'm not in the Matrix? Because it's just heaven? Or that's not what you're talking about? Well, when you go to heaven, you're just being plugged into the Matrix. Like your body dies and they connect your brain into this place that simulates whatever you'd most want to see. So you go into the... He- he- heaven is just you generating the Matrix. Okay. Or I guess heaven is you in the Matrix generating heaven. Oh, right. There you go. That makes sense. That's totally what is is said in the Bible that technology... I guess not the Bible, but biblical texts. It's in biblical texts. So it's supernatural texts. when Bobby's in that room. He's just connected to a machine. Yes, his body's making... dead. <laughs> and supernatural after Bobby is dead and they find him in heaven.
they in reality just connected to the machine that his suspended brain is attached to. 